Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pick a Loaf and Dr. Zong! gentlemen welcome to silva and gold once again i am a jake mclarch huge filling in for the loaf uh and with me as always what's your name uh, i almost just said something um oh yeah this is i that's all that's all you're gonna give the people yes all right um, where's yeah. loaf huh Where's Loaf? He's in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. <laughs> yes, Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, he, they had a mustache convention. Uh, you know, it's not really like a contest, although they do have things like that. It's more or less a uh, get together of people who have appreci- an appreciation for facial hair, mostly mustaches, but sometimes you get some other stuff too. Uh, pa- it's a thing where Palestinians and Jews can come together and. Uh, you know, look at their mustaches. Nice. You know, I, I was reading something yesterday about this this thing that's sweeping France that's kind of controversial. It's this uh, gesture called the quenelle, quenelle, quenelle. And um, it's basically a gesture of shoving your fist up someone's rectum. Um, but it's kind of like, it's almost like a, like you put your left arm, your left hand on your arm, on the upper part, and then you make a Nazi salute downward. Left hand on oh, your arm. Yeah, like around your bicep. Okay. On yeah. your right hand? Uh, on your, your left hand on your right bicep. Okay. Like it's crossing your chest. <sighs> and then you take your right hand and you do a downward Nazi salute. Downward Nazi salute. Yes. Okay. And it's basically, it's uh, from a controversial French comedian who has said uh, negative thing, things about the Zionists. And some people think it's in jest. Some people think it's very nefarious. There are pictures of people, like in Tel Aviv, um, while people are praying against, uh, I'm going to show my ignorance, that prayer wall thingy. Um, the wailing wall. Yeah, uh, the guys there, you know, the prayer wall thingy. It's, yeah, it's, people are taking pictures of themselves doing that gesture and laughing about it. Um, now, is Loaf doing that? Ass. Do what? I have seen people get fisted in the ass. Not, um, not in person. <laughs> okay. I have seen some people. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Now my question is: <laughs> I don't want to dig any? Uh, does Loaf uh, have something against the Zionists? I think he is a Zionist. Isn't that a conflict? Well, hmm. I don't know. I I, I don't know. No, I don't know what he, he's like. A, a peace-loving 
uh, fairy. <laughs> and by fairy, I don't mean that in a a derogatory term for oh, like, no. homosexual. I mean like in uh, the new Thor comic, Thor God of Thunder, mm. um, they have fairies, they have uh, light elves, they have dark elves, they have trolls. It seems like the new Thor God of Thunder has, they're going for like a hobbit kind of a feel. Ooh. And I have a subscription to that son of a bitch. <laughs> and they did the God Killer thing, and it was pretty good. The art was good, the story was pretty good, and everything. And then they switched over to, I believe, a new artist and probably a new writer, too. And it's become very Hobbit-ish. Mm-hmm. And I have been cringing reading it, but then I got one today. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't get it today, but I read it while I was taking a shit yesterday because I've been sick. I didn't tell anybody that, but I have been fucking really sick. And the only thing that I have been doing is sitting on the toilet, uh, either taking videos of myself, <laughs> which some of them I haven't posted yet. We're saving them for later. And reading books and comics. Uh, and I read that one, and it's got that fucker... Did you see the new Thor? I have not. I have okay. not. But I know what you're talking about, the, the dark elf. The villain. dark elf guy. See, and yeah. I had never heard of him before. But so far... The story that has him in it, I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. Because Thor kind of gets together a UN-like procession of um, a troll, a light elf, a dark elf, uh, this guy who's, I don't know what the fuck. There's just like a giant and these different people, one of each of the different realms. A to fellowship. Go, yeah, to go fight, hmm. to go hunt this guy and fight him. And it sucked. But this episode, or this episode... <coughs> This um, issue was pretty good. And so now, and, and you know what, it's probably like the fucking new Hulk comic. It has sucked for me. And then right when my subscription ran out, the last two issues were really good. Mm. So anyway, I don't know what that fucker's doing over there, but he is probably involved in something that is not quite kosher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he might have something going on over there where he's trying to bring the Palaver family of podcasts <laughs> to the Middle East <laughs> and trying to um, like bring all these different groups of people together <sighs> in harmony uh-huh. under the Palaver name mm-hmm. or Pop Syndicate. We, they, he hasn't deci- they haven't decided which one they're going to use yet. Pop Syndicate 2... Or Palaver. Palaver. Palaver 2. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what wow. have you been doing, Jake? I ain't been doing shit. Um, <sighs> nothing. I've been playing a lot of uh, Oculus Rift stuff, uh, as bad James is want to talk about and say things about. And it's, uh, it's for the people who don't know, it's basically a development kit for a virtual reality headset. Mm. Uh, you get in there, and it's kind of a 3D, two 3D lenses, and it... It uh, kind of makes you feel like you're in the little video game space. It's very neat. Um, I saw the video. They have a if you go to Oculus Rift, uh, just type it in Google. They have like a, a web page and they have a video mm-hmm. where they talk about it and show uh, kind of like what you would be seeing and how it compares to uh, old, older um, attempts at virtual reality or um, you know just playing a video game yourself and. Um, I think it almost 
I think it actually does have a Kickstarter. Well, it did. Or it, what? Yeah. It initially did kind of uh, straight out the gate. It was basically, you know, give us three hundred bucks, we'll give you access to the development kit, and uh, we'll raise a bunch of money, and things will be all hunky dory. And then once they did that, and it was such a an amazing success, they just decided to keep selling them. And then they got a bunch of venture capital funding, and the 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 running theory is that it's going to re- be released in the uh, you know uh, Christmas season or fall season of this year. How much uh, is it right now? Isn't it like ten grand or thirty grand or something <laughs> like that? Three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks. Okay, yeah. I thought it was more. No, no. How, how the hell would I have it if it costs that? Well, much? I thought you had. In, yeah, I thought you had connections through Palaver. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I I even ha- I I ain't been up to nothing. <laughs> So, my question Shit, to you I is... I guarantee you, you're doing something. Nothing important. Not something sexual or something, experimenting with illegal drugs, or um, have you been have you been chew- strapped to the tree of woe and chewing <sighs> on the beetle nut? Well, you know what? I can't... i got to save some of my material, okay. you know? This is, yeah, this is just a guest spot. This is a guest spot, so yeah. don't forget it, because I'm like the fucking star. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Lead singer of this. Yeah. I got a fucking attitude. I have an ego that is bigger <laughs> than your fist in my ass. Now, one thing you gotta you gotta tell the people is what we're reviewing this week, and you need to defend yourself at some <laughs> point, <laughs> or at least say something for yourself. Do I have to? Okay. Well, now, we, listen, people. Yeah. Here's the deal. Uh-huh. Um, on short notice. Loaf had to go to this fucking thing, this convention in Tel Aviv, Israel, uh, which is in the Middle East. And um, <laughs> and so I contacted our main man, the Tower of Power, the man of the hour, who is too sweet to be sour, and he couldn't make it, so I called Jake. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, oh, you. Now, oh. I started out... Uh, because I thought, okay, well, now I can pick whatever the fuck I want to pick. I can pick any fucking movie that I want to fucking pick. Mm-hmm. I can pick something really good uh, that maybe Jake hasn't seen, but that, that I really like. And it would be like uh, sharing with him something that I really appreciate, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, that would have been nice. So, <laughs> so I was looking into a box of... DVDs beside my chair in there and in there, which is in there, um, and I found the DVD for Save the Tiger with Jack Lemmon, and he won an Academy Award for that. I think that the goddamn movie won an Academy Award, and and I had never seen it until like last year, and it was it's not what you expect. I mean, it's called Save the Tiger, and you're like, okay, what's this about? Is Jack Lemon trying to save a tiger from being extinct or something? Has nothing to do with any of that. It is so good, mm. and I and there that was sounds a, great. It, it was, it's really good. So awesome. then there's another movie called uh, Missing with Jack Lemon and Sissy Spacek, and I think it won a bunch of fucking Oscars. Uh, and the way that I had heard about it a long time ago, never had seen it. Uh, but I had recently uh, done some research on the the story behind it without even knowing that that's what that movie was about. Then when I was reading it, they said, "Oh, this is you know they turned this into a movie called Missing." So I suggested that to the McLarge Huge, and um, I looked at Netflix Instant. I looked at uh, Amazon Prime, Amazon. 
and they weren't on either one. And so because this was kind of a uh, – the show was kind of thrown together at the last minute, I wanted to give both of us the opportunity and and ha- and have it be easy for us to get a hold of these mo- the movies that we're going to review so we can watch them and record the fucking show. So I just got on Netflix – and I made a list. God, I wish I still had that list. Okay, I think I do. Uh, <laughs> we okay. We we could have now because I want you to know what we could have reviewed right. as opposed to what we did, are going to review. Uh, Marlon Brando in Last Tango in Paris. Okay, all uh, right. Paper Chase with John Houseman. Hmm. The Sand Pebbles with Steve McQueen. Uh, and there was, uh, I can't remember what this, uh, oh, there's a movie called A Little, A Little Pond. Uh, it's a Korean movie, uh, about, uh, the beginning of the Korean War. Uh, and it's on Netflix Instant right now. All these are on Netflix Instant. Uh, and it has to do with the Americans, um, the, the North Koreans invading South Korea. The Americans come in. The Americans kind of get their butts kicked, and uh, some American soldiers start killing Korean civilians. Uh, I actually started watching a little bit of it before we started recording today. So I was going to think about maybe putting that with Sand Pebbles because it had to do with Americans being involved in China and their gunboats and stuff. And Steve McQueen's in. He's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> Richard Crenna, uh, Breaker Morant, uh, which is a fucking really good movie. Um, uh, and just just for shits and giggles, I threw in a couple of like movies that you normally wouldn't think of for the sh- for our show, but Officer and a Gentleman with Richard Gere hmm. uh, and Footloose. We could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Smoke and the movie it's Holy Smoke and the movie Smoke, which both star Harvey Keitel. Oh. Uh, there's two indie movies called uh, one's called Rid of Me and one's called All She Can. Uh, and, uh, The Veteran, which is another good one on Netflix instant. Rare Exports, which Loaf talked about. It's a Christmas movie. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix instant. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna pair that with Last Temptation of Christ. With <laughs> and then <clears throat> The Philadelphia Experiment and Time Stalkers. Yeah. Okay. Now, when I looked at, I, we haven't done a lot of sci-fi movies, and I thought, okay, uh, when I was going down on Netflix instead looking at the sci-fi things, um, I came across this movie, Time Stalkers. And one of the reasons I thought, okay, well, you know, shit. Klaus Kinski, uh-huh. who is a, you know, big genre film, uh, person that, you know, everybody kind of is like, oh shit, you know, he's so fucking crazy. So this, he's a great actor, but he's nuts and he's a fucking, uh, perverted, uh, child molester, I guess, who fucked his own daughter. Yeah. And William Devane from Rolling Thunder, who's awesome in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right below it was the Philadelphia Experiment with, I, w- I don't know if I want to say patron saint, because that's what the other show uh, calls some mm-hmm. of the people. But uh, it had Michael fucking Pere in it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, you know. Fucking Michael Perret. And I had not seen either one of them. Hmm. So, out of this long list, plus Save the Tiger and Missing, I chose The Philadelphia Experiment and Time Stalkers. All right. Now, 
so we live with those decisions. Mm-hmm. And but before we get to that, have you been watching anything interesting lately? Well, gosh, since at some point we have to talk about those movies, I'm going to take my sweet take your old time. Sweet time. That's what I was thinking too. So this is going to be a very special episode of Silver Gold, um, <laughs> where we give five minutes to the movies we're reviewing and two hours to the what we've been watching. Yeah, because I'm going to play fast and loose with uh, what I've been watching. Um, I'm going to start off with something that I didn't watch, but I listened to. Um, I washing dishes, and it was on in the other room. No, I was actually at work, and there's a conversation on the group that will not be named. Uh, where they're talking about Pontypool. I don't know what you're talking about. Pontypool. Okay. Pontypool. Pontypool. And, um, you know, I, I'd mentioned that, you know, I, I tend to listen to that movie every now and again because it's, you know, it's a very, uh, I think it was originally like a, it originally was a novel, but then they had a radio play for it and then they had a, a movie for it. And it's just all about a, a guy and some people inside of a, uh, radio studio. And, uh, you know, bad things. Have you seen Pontypool? I didn't know. Pont- oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, Pontypool. It's a Canadian picture. Um, and it's basically about this small town in Ontario uh, that kind of loses its mind through the spread of... VD. Uh, the thoughts that come with words, or I, I forget what the actual uh, uh, scientific word for it is. But basically... You know, depending on what you hear, you kind of lose your mind. It's it's very kind of weird, trippy, um, but it's absolutely excellent. And um, is it like, like some kind of mind control that they? The way, I don't understand what you're saying. You, the, uh, certain words make you lose your mind. Is that like somebody has implanted like the woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep, and then you go and kill somebody? Something to that effect. I'm gonna go to uh, the Wikipedia so I can uh, know what I'm talking about. I wonder what fucking what Pontypool shit they use on Tom Cruise <laughs> in the fucking search of Scientology. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, I think the Pontypool words that they use on him is, we'll expose you, we'll expose that you're gay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll do whatever you say. <laughs> you are going to expose that I'm gay. <laughs> well, shit. It's not giving me the scientific word. I'm an idiot. Um, Stephen McHattie's in it. You are not an idiot. It's very good. Um, it basically just says, uh, on, on the, um, Wikipedia for the actual novel, it just says a new kind of virus that spreads through the use of language. Uh, vi- victims lose the ability to make sense of language, driving them into bouts of madness and animalistic rage. I know all about animalistic rage. It's, it's high concept kind of stuff. You kind of just, it's a very weird kind of trippy movie, very unsettling. So you kind of just got to go with it. Now, but you just listened to it. Yeah, I just listened to it because it's, you know, I've seen the movie enough times, but it's... Oh, okay. You know, it's just people inside of a radio studio. There's not much in the way... You know, it's like listening to a play or something like that. Like It sounds like the guy that um, had, like, 50,000 copies of Catcher in the Rye. You're not planning on going and shooting like anybody, are you? No, not really. Like Travis Bickle, Jake Bickle? I mean, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I listen to that. Just remember, the gun is good and the penis is bad. <laughs> From Zardoz? 
Yeah. Uh, but you should check out Pog People. It's on uh, Netflix Instant. I think you'd like it. Okay. Is it like P-O-N-T-Y? Yeah, and then pool as in swimming pool. Okay. One word. I just wrote it down. Maybe Damn. I'll check it out tonight while I'm sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Shit. You may not like it, but I think you'll find it at least interesting. Well, and, and the actors in like it are very two, good. You may not like the two movies that we reviewed, it's but I don't think you'll find them all that interesting. It happens. Uh, I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched. Why? Why can't we postpone this recording and pick two more movies? Now, let's. Hey, hey man, you're the rock star. We can do whatever you want. We don't even have yeah. to talk about the movies. Want a whole lot of love? <laughs> I am a rock star. Yeah, you are. I'm the golden god mm-hmm. of rock. Uh, I watched a movie called Juice. Juice. Uh, it came out in 1990-something. I can't remember. That's something I need to look up as well. I didn't come prepared. Um, poor planning prevents poor performance. Well, you know, I knew I was going to be on Silver and Gold, so I figured I'd play the part. We wing it. You yeah. are like the Ringo Starr-like drummer to my rock star. <sighs> now, maybe more like George Harrison, because you do have some talent. The whole fisting thing is, you know, not many people. <laughs> now, this movie came out in 1992. It's directed by Ernest R. Dickerson. Who, who's a very good director in his own right, but he's kind of turned into a uh, uh, director du jour for HBO and other places. You know, he's he does a lot of TV work, but it's usually very good TV work. But um, it's got Omar Epson, it's got uh, the late, great Tupac Shakur. Alive or dead? Alive. Has he been gone so long now that nobody really even speculates whether he's alive or dead? No, there's always going to be people. It's, they, they, just Google it. You'll you'll find plenty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the internet. You know, you'll find anything to foster your unhealthy, uh, you know, lifestyles or mindsets. He was like a rock star, sort of. Oh, closest equivalent. I mean, but he was actually, you know, excellent in this. He was very. He, actually had, he was actually talented and not just on the internet doing a podcast. He was just some some hood saying things, and people thought it was music. He's just nah. a thug. He's just he a thug. A, he had thug. Didn't he have thug written on his uh, thug his life? Book? Yeah, thug life. So he was a thug. Yeah, he's just a he's just a live like a thug, thug, die like a thug. My God! If, if this he's was a Charles Bronson place. movie, if this was a Charles Bronson movie, he would not be Paul Kersey. <laughs> he would be with Jeff Goldblum raping Paul Kersey's daughter, maid, wife. And all the other people that got raped that were associated with Paul Kersey. Your audience is going to revolt after hearing this. Well, it's the truth. And there's a lot of Tupac Shakur fans. Um, this is basically just your general <laughs> uh, inner city, you know, uh, New York uh, coming of age tale where, you know, some people get involved with crime. Some people try to get away and use their creativity and inspiration to find a way out. And bad things happen. Uh, Tupac Shakur deals drugs, get a Neo Geo. And that was like a $600 system in the early 90s, which fascinated the hell out of me as a kid. Neo Geo. Yeah. This was a game system where you had to pay $200 per game. Jesus. Yeah, it was a very strange... And the thing is, those games that you buy... Compared to now, it's a fucking piece of shit that was probably as big as a goddamn suitcase. Oh, it was as big as a fucking suitcase, but people, you know, think fondly on it. But those things that you bought, you could literally take those cartridges and go to the local arcade... And if you could open it up, you could just put it in there and play it in the arcade. That's how advanced it was ah. and how ridiculously expensive and silly it was. But, you know, when you're rich and you're Tupac Shakur, might as well have a Neo Geo, right? 
Yeah, because you're going to be dead soon. You might as well fucking just spend it while you got it. Now you got to understand, I'm on the IMDb page for Juice, and I, you know, it's it's an excellent film. I like it a lot. But in related news from the Guardian, uh, there's a link that says, "Could Tupac Shakur have been a Jedi Master?" Um, <laughs> I would say not. Apparently, he auditioned to be a Jedi in Star Wars. Well, he 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 auditioned to play Mace Windu in the 1999 film Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Now, which one was Mace Windu? Was that that's Samuel Jackson? Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. See, I'm not as familiar with the newer ones because they sucked ass, and I and and I only saw like them once. Um, but, You're so you judgmental. Know. I'm trying to think who I was thinking of. I was thinking of, wasn't there, who was the guy that um, was in the book or whatever? He was like Luke's best buddy, and they he was one of the guys that attacked the Death Star, and he was actually in the movie. Oh, is that was Wedge? It Wedge, yes, Wedge. Wedge Antilles? Yes, Wedge. Yeah. See, I know some of that shit. Yeah, I'm not a nerd. Um, I watched Elysium. Okay. Uh, I got that from the old Red Box. And I liked it, but I did feel disappointed with it because I kind of um, it, it seemed a little uh, because I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of District Nine. I really wow. really like it. Uh, this one kind of felt simple. Um, I, I I don't know how else to put it. Um, like what because about all the political one percenters that speak French and live <laughs> like A and Rand, they sh- Atlas shrugged, they m- shrugged and moved off. See, I think I, I think the uh, undercurrent of the uh, apartheid was integrated better in District Nine, yeah, oh, as yeah. opposed to how Elysium integrated its you know political commentary within itself. Mm, okay. And I think the biggest problem was they tried to shoehorn in that fucking love story that just, uh, I mean, Matt Damon and uh, what's her face just did. They had like negative chemistry. They had nothing. Listen, it's 2014. Nobody believes in love anymore. <laughs> Let alone interracial love. <laughs> hey, baby. Mary's <laughs> back there. Appreciate it. Did you even hear what I said? Sharpening her oh, that feels great. She didn't even hear me say that interracial love doesn't exist. She's totally too. Oh, um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, um, oh, fuck, what's, his, what's the guy that directed District 9? I can't remember. God, I can't remember what his name is. I don't know, that dude. He He's... Extremely talented at like you know building a world, uh-huh. and you know it, it's a very fascinating world. You know, kind of cyberpunkish, but very you know uh, well, uh, destitute. Uh, Copley fucking just stole oh. the fucking show from Pumpkinhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean Neil Blomkamp. 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 Boiky and his hey Boiky. Um, hey Boiky, come here, Boiky. You got to fucking <laughs> cut your boots off. That fucking Afrikan uh, uh, language is so odd because yeah, you can just I mean a lot of it is not even really a different language. I mean if you, it's just they say things just differently, but you're like okay, wait a minute. I think he I think I could actually speak this if I could if I just spoke English and said things. If weird. someone broke your jaw. Somebody broke my jaw yeah. or stuck a rod or no, a whole fist up my ass. <laughs> and then an upside down Hitler salute. <laughs> oh God. That Hitler. 
But um, yeah, you know, I, I still enjoyed myself. I thought it was a good movie. It just uh, it, it underwhelmed. But I mean, shit, it was a Redbox rental, so I mean, Jodie Foster's getting a big ass. I mean, not she? like not like a bubble butt. She's getting a wide ass, and she and like in um, that and in uh, Inside Man with Clive Owen and Denzel, mm-hmm. she wears really tight skirts, and it shows off that she's getting a big ass. But I will say this. Um, it's not like a really bad big ass, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't have a problem with a woman with a big ass. Not you know, at all. She used to be kind of, you know, thin and everything, and now she's getting older. She's, you know, rocking the big can. Hmm. Now, you know what Loaf would say if he was here? He would, he would say that that's not hot. Uh, there's probably poop between the butt cheeks. Yeah. He is prejudiced against... Anyone that weighs over a hundred and four pounds. No wonder he. <laughs> I think. No wonder he's so self-loathing about the show. He has to record with your fat ass. That's why. Yeah, that's why he had to leave the country. No. Now, why am I invited on the show so often? Because I am not a svelte individual. That's why. There's definitely poop between these butt cheeks. Yeah. You know, the the whole thing about that is 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 getting back there and shaving Ooh. like uh, it's hard mm-hmm. but I mean you know just taking some clippers or something and trimming that butt hair the butt crack hair and the butt hole mm-hmm. hair because if you don't then and you have ginormous turds they're <laughs> going to you're going to get dingleberries mm-hmm. I've That's- recently started trimming the hair in my nose with a thing that's specifically made for that mm-hmm. whereas before I would just like reach up and try and grab them and Ooh. yank them out Ooh. which to me hurts a lot less than fucking not that the trimmer hurts but when you stick that thing up in your nose and it's going bzzz, it's like somebody's taking a bee and sticking it up in there and it's humming and it, it just tickles it makes you yeah. fucking want to sneeze but you can clean all get all that fucking hair out of there and everything it's awesome so like a spinning whirly thing? No, of death, no, no, no. What is it? It's just like a little stick, and it's got like a little clipper thing just down one edge, oh. and all you have—it's like hair clippers—and you just put it in there, and then you kind of move the thing around oh. at will. So I'm—I don't know. You know, I haven't thought about that until just now, but I guess you could do your butthole with that. I, I mean, suppose. you wouldn't want to put it in your butthole. Well, because you don't have hair in your butthole; you have hair exterior hair from the taint. Yeah. You know, I've always had a phobia of sticking stuff up my nose ever since I saw Total Recall when I was a kid. Oh, He's, like, yeah. pulling that fucking thing out of his nose. I'm just like, eh. Nothing's going up there except my forefinger to get some... Now <laughs> <laughs> that big fake head. The, as soon as I get out of the shower, I try and clean all that gunk out of there. And then you don't have to worry about walking around with crusty stuff in your snoot. Yeah, it... it, it it follows me. I'll just like breathe in my nose, and then it'll be like, "Oh, there's a booger there," and I'm going to swallow it. And then yeah, I get well, upset. It, the worst part, yeah, the worst part is when uh, you have something up in your nostril, <laughs> and, and either you take a tissue and you kind of wind it up and stick it up in there and try and get it, <laughs> or somehow it gets into your sinus. And then, Ooh. like, I'll be driving to work, and I'll feel it, like, start going down the back of my throat, and I'll start gagging. Oh, God. Like, 
that's the worst. Jesus. The worst. Uh, I used I'm, to be able to make my sister. She had uh, like all. She could just be sitting there, and all I would have to do is just start talking about boogers and say big, gray, slimy, <laughs> snotty boogers, and she would literally start going, eh, ooh, eh, and just, I mean, I could make her vomit by talking to her, <laughs> like I do most of our listeners every week. Uh, yeah. I watched The Wolverine. Yeah! Snick, snick, The Wolverine. The, um, that's kind of... Why did they do that? Well, they did that with Batman. It was always Batman, 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 Batman. And then all of a sudden it was like... The Batman. The Batman. And now, you know, it's Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine. It's like, who are you? I'm the Wolverine. Well, I think the worst was the original Fast and the Furious was the Fast and the Furious. And then the fourth one was just called Fast and Furious. Wait a minute. Are you allowed to say that now that Paul Walker's dead? Yes. I'm white. It's been a, it's been a while now. Yeah. I'm white. What'd you say? What? I thought you said yes. I'm white. Well, yeah. We're allowed the to do Blakey. these. Blakey. I'm the white man. Blakey. Um, you know, I metal, like the metal Wolverine. Blakey. But there are things that I did not like about the Wolverine. Um, I love Hugh Jackman. I think he's fantastic. You I think, think he handsome? should be in more movies. Yeah, of course he's handsome. He's Look at that dude. He can dance, he can sing, he can do whatever he wants. He can dance if he want to. Apparently um, there was some report that he's had as much tail as Will Chamberlain. Yeah, but that tail probably had hair between the balls and the... Mm. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I always say, you know, any time that a guy, no matter who it is, is, you know, has been in a lot of uh, musicals on Broadway or whatever, and he did Oklahoma and all this stuff, and and no matter how good looking they are, you immediately, or or not, well, maybe I do, uh, you think, okay, I wonder if Hugh Jackman's gay. And then I did hear uh, rumors that, you know, like, his wife was his beard and all this and that. Mm. He definitely could be gay, but then again, I guess we all could be if we were born gay. <laughs> what? That's that's uh, that's that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's how um, you're raised, weirdo. Now, what are the pluses and minuses of the Wolverine? Well, uh, pluses yeah. are Hugh Jackman. Pluses are that they got a good director, or at least a, a not a Joe Schmo director. I think it was James Mangold who did uh, Like Cop the guy Land. that did Red Dawn, Joe Schmo. Oh, Jesus. Red Dawn, um, or Red Dawn the sequel. Or not sequel. I, I like the, the Wolverine-y stuff, but there are some things, the things that I didn't like, I wasn't, a, like, the, the Viper thing. Uh, she was not good. Miscast. Yeah. Um, so. She just wasn't good. And then the whole... Fin- Silver Samurai shouldn't be a robot. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the Silver thing. Silver Samurai is the fucking guy with the bow and arrow. Yeah, that, well, that dude. Yeah, exactly. That's the guy. That, that's that the character is Silver Samurai, and he and Viper were lovers or whatever. But I always thought, from reading X Men, that Viper was Asian. She had green mm-hmm. hair. And I thought she was Asian. She didn't have any superpowers. She was just a a bitch and a fucking uh, ruthless spy. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
But yeah, when I even saw the previews and I saw this giant silver samurai thing, and then I, and I was like, well, they said, well, it's all it's the same thing as every other goddamn comic book movie, like fucking Mandarin and Iron yeah. Man and Three or whatever, uh, where they change shit. Uh, well, I think they just like every other comic book movie, they took. 50 pounds of shit and tried to stick it in a 10-pound bag. So they had to twist things around to make everything fit within that period of time. Mm-hmm. Because the Sinjin character, I remember that and him fighting Wolverine with the wooden swords and mm-hmm. he tricked Wolverine into dishonoring himself and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not... The Viper chick, meh. I, I mean, she wasn't even like, I, you know, she's just some fucking model. And she, I don't, why would they cast this? I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And they turned her into like a scaly mutant type yeah. thing. And Blah. yeah, it, it, it had things that I liked, but it also, it, it felt like it had, it, it didn't feel like squandered potential because I didn't think it was that bad, but it was just like the whole time like I was watching hot. it. Yeah, the whole time I'm watching, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, why did she have to do that? Why, why this? Why that? But you know, that's okay though. Uh, what about Yukio and Mariko? Um, I I don't have favorable things to say about them. You, you didn't like either one of them. Well, one chick, I feel terrible saying, but she had a weird alien head. Uh, she does have a weird alien yeah. head. Yeah. Definitely. But that's fine. People can have weird alien heads, and they're perfectly nice human beings. Um, and, they, and then the other lady, she was too um, uh, princessy too often for me to like fully be behind her as a character. But wasn't she supposed to be that way? Yeah, but she didn't turn around enough for me to like totally be behind her. Uh, you know uh, what I mean? I she so was kind of blah. She was pretty, but she was just kind of like blah. Yeah, she was just a tall, skinny Japanese lady. She was skinny. Lady. When, when, uh, I think it, what can't try, I'm trying to think what, they left the, uh, fuck, love motel. Oh, the love hotel. And they went to the place, uh, near, what, Nagasaki or whatever, mm-hmm. where they had their getaway. And she was standing there, and I looked at her legs, and I was like, man, she's fucking skinny. <laughs> like, her legs are, I, I can't get behind that fucking, I gotta get behind something, you know, like Jodie Foster's big butt. <laughs> Strong breeze came along and blew Mariko away. So. Yes. Um, the final film that I watched, but not the last thing I'm gonna talk about, cause I wanna talk more. Talk uh, a lot. <laughs> Tear it up. Uh, I watched a movie called Potechi. What? Potechi. Potechi. Yeah, which is, is that Yugoslavian? Nah, it's a play on um, potato chips. Uh, it's a Japanese film. I like potato chips. Yeah, and uh, this one it's it's a film made by the gentleman who directed Fish Story, which is a Japanese film that's on Netflix Instant. I know uh, the Samurai is a fan. Um, and this one it's a short film. It's only sixty eight minutes, and it's just it takes place in. Um, the region of Japan that was affected by the uh, tsunami and the, the nuclear uh, shenanigans. God. And you know, it's basically it's a very very good film. It's a very uh, like when I watched it, I was I was feeling a little down. You know, I, I needed a little pick me up, and so I watched it and it picked me up because it's about you know uh, people uh, and how circumstances out of their control completely alter their lives uh, for the better and for the worse, and it's about trying to make sense of, you know, acts of God, essentially. 
you know, there's a character in the movie that is, for all intents and purposes, a god-type character. Ooh. And it's all about how... Does all he go around this... cutting people's arms and hands off with a sword? Oh, if only. Yeah. Take your dress off! Uh, <laughs> Acting. It's, it's like, you know, it's... It's how it's how humans deal with forces that are out of their control, but still retain, you know, very human qualities. How do of- you how do you uh, do that? How do you deal with forces beyond your control? I watch movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was very very good. It's it's very well acted, and it's got a nice little bit at the end. It even has a little bit of commentary about uh, why sports affect us the way they do. Oh, you know, there are even like a moment where a girl's like crying and she said, he just hit that ball over the wall, <laughs> you know, and it's it's, you know, it, it kind of comments on, you know, why sports, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, I was watching an episode of House the other night uh, and I almost fucking was in tears because it had to do with these babies. There was an infection going around the hospital, and these baby newborns were all oh. getting sick, and they were trying to figure out what was going on. I swear to God, I kept fucking getting like big wet spots on the corners <laughs> of my eyes. It's like, what's this salty discharge? It happens, man. Sometimes you're in a mood, and you start going, and it just doesn't stop, and you just Ugh. feel like a big mess. Yeah. Call that the loaf. Call that every day. Yeah. yeah. Pinching the loaf. Now, these are things that are only tangential. Actually, you know what? I watched another film. And what a, was it called? A very special film. I need to look it up because I don't fucking remember. Oh, my God. It was a PM Entertainment film, and it had Michael Madsen in it. Oh, and I God. talked about it, and it's fucking insane and very funny. There's a moment it's called where, Hellride? Oh, God. Did you watch fucking Hellride? <laughs> fucking Loaf and it's fucking has to go on a trip. Uh, fucking his name's not Loaf anymore. It's fucking Comanche. <laughs> Damn it! Where the fuck is this movie? I'm gonna lose. You know, mind. I'm drinking this fucking the best tea, the cinnamon tea. But mm-hmm. my friend uh, got me uh, his wife. They know that I like drinking hot tea. Because mm-hmm. it's good, like when you're a, a, a rock, the lead singer of a rock group, um, you drink like hot tea with lemon or something like that before you do the show. So I drink hot tea, and it was some kind of a pumpkin spice, and even the tea bag, just smelling the fucking tea bag mm. was like heaven. Mm. It was like heaven on a tea bag. Like if 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 a guy had two big balls, um. And they were dangling over your nose, like just pump, 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 you know, pump, <laughs> pump onto your nose. But it smelled like that. You wouldn't even really, if you were in prison, you would mm-hmm. hope that your cellmate's balls would smell like that. <laughs> A little grape jelly on the butthole. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This movie is called Executive Target. Ooh. <laughs> and <laughs> it just sounds fucking. It has it has Michael Madsen, uh, Roy Scheider. Uh, who plays uh, President Carlson? Did you ever did you ever notice that the older Roy Scheider got his face started looking? It looked like they it looked like his cheeks looked like drapes, like they were hanging down, but then they pull them up. Uh-huh. And, they, and there's this he has weird. It's not like a facelift, like Burt Reynolds had the facelift. It's like they droop down, but then they like somebody tacks them up by his ears. 
So you have this big drooping thing. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he didn't age terribly well. And he made some turds there toward the end. He was cashing some fucking checks for a guy who was in French Connection and oh, yeah. Jaws and all this shit. Jesus. Oh, I mean, he, he came of elderly age. I don't even know how to say yeah. it. Uh, in the 90s, which was not a good time for yeah. older actors. Um, that fucker, man, when he was young, he had that kind of like boxer's looking face, yeah. like, kind of like the nose and everything, like he had been in some brawls or maybe he had boxed or something. He had an interesting face. Now today, I don't, th- somebody like that, they would just be like, well, he doesn't have fucking big white teeth like Michael Fassbender or <laughs> he doesn't have, you know, goddamn giant flaring nostrils like fucking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That's very true. A jerk. Uh, this movie also has uh, Keith David in it. Yeah, I like there's, it. There's a scene where Michael Madsen and Keith David race RC cars, and then one of them blows up. Mm. Uh, one of the cars blows up, not Michael Madsen or Keith I wonder David. if there was ever a movie that had Keith David and David Keith. Because mm. I was thinking about Officer and Gentleman when he hung himself in the closet. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. But David Keith had a big fucking hog. Mm-hmm. But then Keith David... He was the guy in the Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen trash collector movie. What's it? Men at work. Touch another man's fries. Yeah, (laughs) wasn't he the guy that fought Roddy Piper in the in the alley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Men at Work in a long time. We should watch that while we do the show and then review that. How about Keith David? David Keith in the same movie, and Brian Keith plays, and Keith Carradine. Brian Keith plays um, the old grizzled vet who's going to help them out. And Keith Carradine would play like the evil politician Hmm. who dies with a belt around his neck in Bangkok, Thailand. Hmm. Throw that in there. How about that? Sounds better than time stalkers. Well... Um, let's see here. But I watched that and that was very, very entertaining. Lots of car chases, really long car chases, lots of explosions, very, very Did fun. Michael Madsen sound like he was just reading, like, right off, like, like Keith <laughs> David had... He uh, hadn't gotten that bad yet, but he was still pretty bad. Glued to his chest, uh, just reading him. Him and, uh, fucking Sin City is some of the worst acting I've ever, ever, ever seen. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Stop right there. It's like he can only remember sentences. He can't remember them. They're just like, okay, now say, why are you doing that? You know, God. Why, are you, why are you doing that? And he, and he just squints and just, you know, I don't know, man. He You talk about he's he shouldn't even collect a paycheck because he doesn't give enough effort. No. He was a highlight of Hellride because he was worse than Larry Bishop. <laughs> That's fucking difficult, dude. Uh, let's see here. I watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is a New Japan pro wrestling. Uh, uh, basically, their WrestleMania. Uh, it's usually like a New Year's type thing, and it was extremely this entertaining. This is new. This happened uh, like seven days ago. See, I don't know hardly anybody in um, Japan anymore, and I used to know everybody. I, I knew the whole generation of. Giant Baba, Jumbo Taruta, or Anoki and, uh, oh, fucking, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. Then the next generation of Ricky Choshu and 
Kenta Kabashi and Kawada and Masawa and all those guys. But then I just, well, I think one thing was you had only had Old Japan and New Japan. Mm-hmm. Then when you got into the ECW era, they, they must have had 60 fucking promotions going on over there at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I did follow a little bit of the, because I've been watching it lately, a little bit of the, uh, when they started doing all the extreme stuff over there, and they had Wing, and mm-hmm. then it folded, and they had FMW and um, IWA. Mm-hmm. And they had some crazy shit on there. I watched some um, Leatherface, uh, who was Corporal Kirshner. Uh-huh. Uh, there was two Leatherfaces. Well, there was Leatherface, which was Corporal Kirshner. Then he got thrown in jail for like four months for punching a Japanese guy on the street and breaking his jaw. <laughs> so then, and he left, um, I think, FMW. And when he came back, this other guy was doing Leatherface because they said they owned the rights to it, which uh, neither one of them owned the rights to it because I'm sure if the uh, fucking movie company knew about it, they'd be like, you, no, you don't know. So he became super leather. Well, then he wrestled Jason the Terrible, and they must have had a little bit of a feud. And I'm telling you, it was interesting to watch mm-hmm. because there were times where they were fighting up in the crowd, and the Japanese fans at that time, they didn't hardly make any noise no matter what you would do. Yeah. And they said it would unnerve a lot of the wrestlers because, you know, in America – their whole thing was bringing the, the crowd up, settling them down, bringing them up, settling them down, listening to the crowd. And, and they said you could drop a guy on his fucking head and his head could split open and aliens could fly <laughs> out and they'd just be like, like have a little polite clap or they'd laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be fighting up in the crowd and it'd be so quiet and you could hear. So I guess because they were – in the crowd and the people were really close. These guys were chopping the fucking shit out of you. It was like <laughs> pop, 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 and I was like, God damn, man! Barbed wire baseball bats and fucking barbed wire <laughs> around the ring, and it was some crazy ass shit. Yeah, man, crazy ass shit. Well, this one, um, it's Real. definitely not in that vein. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it, it's from what for people that are more familiar with it, they kind of say it takes the more athletic sporting competition type angle than you know the story driven angles that you know wwe goes with and um i don't know just watching it it, you it's like you know night and day like it's very very good wrestling and they have like really cool people there's this one guy called uh shinsuke nakamura Mm -hmm. and he's just like their intercontinental champion and people like him so much that they actually voted his match to be the um uh main event of that thing ahead of like, you know, the world championship. And he's this crazy looking dude. He looks like he's coked out half the time, sweating a lot with like stringy hair. And he just kind of like, he has a really kind of weird, uh, is he kind of like Dan, the Daniel Bryan of Japan? <laughs> no, he's cooler. Oh, what? Justin, sorry, but he is. I could watch that dude forever. Cause he's just, he's just very entertaining to watch. I heard that Daniel Bryan went heel. It's it's become funny. I don't follow uh, WWE very closely, but I do kind of follow people that follow it. It's very strange. Um, mainly because <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of people's reactions, like, oh, my God, fuck this company, and then they just tune in every week. Yeah. Uh, but basically, like, you know, earlier in or about midway through 2013, they're like, you know, finally we're going to pay it off. Daniel Bryan's the champion. Yeah. 
and then they fuck him over. The people have spoken. Um, you know, they get people excited, and then they just bury him. And then <laughs> they, it feels like they're going to build towards something else, and then they bury him again, and now they've got him being uh, brainwashed by the Wyatt family. Oh, he's brainwashed. Yeah. I and see. The, and the Wyatts have a, a pretty cool gimmick. They're, yeah, I like their gimmick. They're, they're very interesting, but do they really need another dude? Do they need Daniel Bryan to like be another scruffy weirdo and play with that? It feels like wasted potential. Yeah. What do you think about scruffy weirdos? I love them. That aren't Red Sox fans. They make the best podcasts. That's I, exactly right. I do believe that. I do believe that. Wait a minute. Or do, or do they? Maybe they don't anymore. No, they do. Do they? Yeah. Whether they do it or not, the, okay, okay. the potential... The potential's there. Yeah, they have the best potential. Thing. Now, yes, yes, um, yes. WWE Network. Has was, that come off yet? Is that, uh, it is off? happening uh, at the end of February, and it's basically a Netflix-type subscription. Um, it's 10 bucks a month. You get to pay... It's like a six-month contract at a time. And the reason for that is, along with all the old, you know, ECW, WCW, WWE matches from the past, uh, you get access to all the pay-per-views, yeah. which is actually a tremendous deal. It blows the fucking water out of uh, uh, the UFC's little fight pass thing. Well, it the one thing, it, it is a good deal if you pay to get any of that stuff, but, you know... Well, I, well, yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. You know, you pay ten bucks. You they get, could have every you know, WWE. Quality. Well, they could have every WWE pay per view mm-hmm. piped into my house and say they're all free. Mm-hmm. And right now, as big of a wrestling fan as I have been in my life, I probably wouldn't watch any of them. Well, that's fair, but you know, yeah, but I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, they're not trying to convince you to come out of you know hibernation. Yeah, and and and, and see the virtues of Antonio Cesaro's. Giant swing or anything like that. The giant swing. Yeah. That was Don Leo Jonathan. He had the Mormon swing. <laughs> the Mormon swing? Yes. <laughs> he was a fucking giant Mormon. Lovely. He, def- he fucking, uh, yeah. Kicked Andre the Giant's ass. Nice. But, uh, give, give Wrestle Kingdom a shot, people. I know, I know, uh, Coop is a big fan of, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wrestle Kingdom! And I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. I did. Well, there's so much shit on YouTube now for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like I said, with the FMW or IWA or anything, they have fucking entire uh, pay-per-views or entire cards on there. I watched a two, uh, or I don't know how long, it was the one um, clip was at least an hour and a half long. There's two clips, uh, the, the best of the Prince of Darkness, Kevin Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And I watched that shit all day yesterday. I mean, there's so much content oh, yeah. on YouTube that it's like, eh, fuck, I can find just about anything, you know. And it's nice that wrestling fans tend to take care of their history. Yeah. You know, they keep that shit alive. Well, I will say this from the past. Uh, if you look at clips from, say, the when videotape first came in, uh, to play, um, and you look at American shit at that time on YouTube, it's like sh- the worst shit because <laughs> when the, the people that had the, actually ran the wrestling shows, they would record over and over and over. They wouldn't save anything. 
But then if you look at all Japan and New Japan stuff from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it's as clear as can be because they saved everything. Hmm. You know, the clips on YouTube from most of the wrestling shows uh, in the United States from the different territories were are just like me. Like I have a VHS of Tommy Rich against Buzz Sawyer from Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS. It's deteriorated. It looks like shit, hmm. you know. But anyway, there's just, I mean, there's just a ton of shit on And the, the thing is, you, you start watching that shit like I did this week, and then <laughs> you look at the list of movies that you've watched for the week, it's not a lot because, you know. Right. Spent a lot of time with The Prince of Darkness. Yeah. And I will say this, uh, Nancy Sullivan Benoit, who was murdered by, uh, her and her child were murdered by Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, my God, when she was with Kevin Sullivan and she was the fallen angel and wearing a black string bikini to the ring with uh, mm. hose, spiked heels, and a garter belt, Ooh. it didn't get much better than that. Mm. <laughs> Daddy-o. And you know what doesn't get much better than that? Uh, Time stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched the Blue Jackets play the uh, Carolina Hurricane Ranas last night. And um, Hurricane Rana. Yeah, it was good stuff. They won a three zip, uh, much they to Los dismay. Guy back. Yeah, Bobrovsky's back from his uh, groin strain and uh, pitched a shutout. Oh, it was kind of yeah. nice. That's got to make you feel better. It is nice. And Nathan Horton's in the lineup, and he's uh, been contributing to the offense very well so far. I'm, I'm pleased as punch. Of the, well, I know there's only been one so far, but the Winter Classic games, did those intrigue you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the uh, the one that was on uh, New Year's Day. Um, it was kind of a rough game um, to start out with. Yeah, I mean, it, it uh, as you could understand, it kind of impeded a lot of their skill. Oh yeah, but you know, it was it was very interesting to watch. It was just a different atmosphere, and it was eventually it, it was fun, and uh, they had a cool little shootout, and it was just a nice event. And I think it's funny when we go to the Blue Jackets games, and and the girls come out with their uh, snow shovels, and they, <laughs> you know, they kind of scrape up the shavings and everything, and you might have enough to put in a bucket. Mm. Yeah, on, on that Winter Classic game in Detroit, oh, man. they might as well have gotten a fucking bulldozer out there because it just can't. <laughs> and the puck's got to be, you know, if it's smooth ice, I mean, the puck just slides nice, nice and smooth and everything. Well, I mean, they're Shit. skating, they're skating relatively fine, but I mean, they're pushing that puck through molasses. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, it, it's you know, uh, thankfully, it's not a routine thing. You know, it's almost more like an exhibition, even though it does actually count. Yeah. But well, I, I liked the, the, I watched the, um, the Legends game that they had before, oh, and yeah, it was yeah. just such a treat because all the guys that were playing in that were guys that I watched from mm-hmm. like 70s, 80s, you know, up through my time and getting to see like Daryl Sittler and, and, but you know, the thing was the Redskins had guys, or the Redskins, I'm sorry, the, <laughs> the Red Wings had guys out there that had only been retired for maybe, and this, it's just not that long, but you know, like maybe 10 years or eight yeah. years, those guys are flying around, but, uh, it was still, that was a fucking treat. And they, they mic'd a couple of guys and there was one occasion it was on, um, 
NBC Sports or whatever channel. And uh, I can't remember what happened. Oh, somebody scored a goal at, for for the Maple Leafs, and they had one of the guys mic'd, and they came over and they were like, fuck yeah, Daryl, fuck yeah. Yeah, fucking A, man, fuck yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't think they expected that. that Go figure. Go figure. But yeah, hockey's fun. Good stuff. Um, and the last thing that I watched this week, I watched a, uh, there's a charity stream, a marathon, uh, stream going on right now involving, uh, video game speedrunners where people play video games and try to comp- complete them as quickly as humanly possible. So there's all sorts of strategies and glitches to exploit stuff like that. But the one thing I wanted to talk about were two gentlemen, two young strapping men, uh, played the Punch-Out games. Uh, one of them played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, one of them played Super Punch-Out for the Super Nintendo, and they played these games blindfolded. Hmm. Oh. And How they, the fuck could you play them blindfolded? Uh, basically, because there are all sorts of uh, audio cues. Muscle memory. And patterns and shit like that. And uh, yeah, it was like one of the more entertaining Things that I've watched so far this week. What weekend. would have been made that even more entertaining is if you would have been blackout drunk <laughs> and then came to and just went over and were like, and just destroyed both of them. <laughs> uh, if only. But those days are behind me. Those, yeah. those glory days are behind me. The glory days. Yeah. The, 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 the days of four years ago. Wine and roses. <sighs> oh, so that's all I've watched. What have you watched? Well, I didn't watch a lot, so I guess, uh, but we'll stretch it. You can do it. We'll stretch those pussy lips. Yeah. Like, uh, a squid or something. I'm trying to Ooh. think of a metaphor for cunt lips. Move that gap. Uh, you know what? Uh, what do you think about, okay, now, I have recently heard, uh, complaints about podcasters using the word cunt. During their podcast. Now, I will say this. Okay, I think that if the podcast is marked explicit, uh-huh. that, you know, I think that you should expect that. Um, well, here's the I, thing about that. Okay, I'll say ahead. I'll say that in the complainer's defense. You only know that if you download it from iTunes. All right, okay. Well, there you go. But so fuck this, those person, guys. this person is not, this. these people... I'm not going to say this person. These people um, are not new jacks to the show. This isn't their first rodeo, so to speak. Yeah. You know, this this wouldn't be the first time they, they've encountered blue language. <laughs> blue language. Yeah. It's so blue. Um, but I wonder if... I don't know. I just wonder, like, the context... Of okay, now let I, I'm not trying to fucking be a douche or anything here. <laughs> Try no more than usual. <laughs> but um, if you are, I I just don't see the argument that much because if they're discussing a character in the film mm-hmm. and the person in the film is going out of their way to be a current. Um, and you say that, I mean, I, I don't think that that's, I, I don't see the guys, I, I try and see both sides of the, sto- of the story. Now, okay, let me ask you this question. Yes. If they 
were saying another word mm-hmm. that described a racial segment of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my thing is, if I I'm I'm a guy, so I don't give a fuck, right? Right. Cunt, pussy, cunt lips, whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. But if you were a woman, mm-hmm. or would you be that? I guess some people are that sensitive. But then again, like I said, you don't have to fucking listen to it. Yeah, I mean, Turn it's, it off. It, it's 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 all con- it, it is contextual. You know, the thing is, it is, um, you know, it's it's not even fully gendered either. Especially dependent on where you come from, because calling someone a cunt is not unusual and to call a dude that or a girl that, depending on where in the world you happen to yeah. reside. You know, there's there's a lot of ways to look at it. Now, the specific way that they used it um, isn't really that. Like it's it's more just you you are you have a personal reaction to hearing that word, and it's very negative and. You want to tell them, hey, I don't think you should do it. Um, now, there's many ways to go about it. In some ways to go about it are very cuntish. Um, <laughs> and the way that it was gone about and which garnered a reaction amongst some people in the community, um, the people that went about it were being unreasonable and well, not trying to engage in a reasonable dialogue. Now that I've thought, or just sitting here thinking about it, I haven't put too much thought into it because I'm getting fucked. No. I'm just filling time here. Um, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> the, the person that said this said that his wife and another family member who was a female were offended because it was, what they, what they call it? Uh, the slut shaming? Slut shaming. Yeah. Um, um, but I know what the guy was saying, but it doesn't apply. But my thing is this, now that I think about it in retrospect, um, did he ever say that he was offended? Because I know that he said that he listened to to that show, and he listened to it on a regular basis. So he has to have known, because I know those guys, and I know that they say cunt like a lot. (laughs) All the time. All the time. I mean, it's like, could you pass me that fucking cunty fucking... No, but um, I don't recall him saying that he was offended. I think that he was just getting a shitstorm. Well, and then maybe he started thinking about it from their perspective, but he didn't think that you know. I, and I, th- I do. I think from what I read that it was like he was trying to offer constructive criticism in a way, but then. You know, they're not, you know, I, if somebody offered the same criticism to me, I'd be like, well, you know, I appreciate your criticism, but, you know, we're not going to fucking change. We're sold the gold, you know. But it's, it's just a weird thing because he seemed like, he seemed like he liked the show Mm -hmm. and it didn't bother him as much. But then when someone else listened to it, maybe he was not slut shamed. Maybe he was. Uh, cock shamed or something. Whereas he, as as a guy, he's listening to this and he's going, hee hee, that's funny, hee hee, he, you know, cunt and pussy and stuff like that. But then when his woman and other female relative heard it and they were like, 
you know, that is degrading as hell. You know, maybe you need to fucking, those guys need to grow up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, those guys need to grow up. And he started being shamed himself. Thinking, you know, God, you know, maybe I shouldn't laugh when people say cunt or maybe I shouldn't call a woman a cunt. So then he got this big idea of offering constructive criticism uh, and he came off as cuntish, even uh, though he probably didn't mean to be. It's a possibility. It, 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 you can read it a couple of different ways. There's a lot of passive aggressive nonsense going on. Yes. Um, I mean, it's uh, be, because it's a lot. There's a lot of reaches in terms of motivations and intentions behind uh why it was said and uh where they're coming from but you know it's ultimately I mean, it doesn't really matter and that's like i said I've, i'm kind of like the of the lenny bruce thing where the only reason that these words are so hateful or so hurtful is because people take these words and make such a big deal of them they put them on okay we have this jar over here and you can say any word in the world but if you say this word oh that's the word that you never say and it's like you're giving that word all this power mm-hmm. where there is i mean it's just a word well, you know what has more power? The patriarchy. And that's what gives it power. I guess. Because yeah. we're men. And men, the thing that these cunts don't understand is, is that we have all the power. They may have the vagina. Mm-hmm. We may be, not be able to get it because of the laws in this country. <laughs> Say, Unless you you're a football to, player. Unless you're a football player and go to Steubenville. It might cost you <laughs> nine months. That's fucking ridiculous right there. Uh... Fucking rape a girl uh, over a period of time, taking her f- drunk from place to place, raping her, degrading her, and everything else, and you get nine fucking months, and then they let you out and say what a victim you were. You know, what a crock of shit. <sighs> but, um, I don't know. I just think that people, it's a free country, sort mm-hmm. of. Not as free as it used to be, but it's pretty free compared to other places. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, um, you know, people, seriously, whether it's TV, they bitch, you know, uh, my, you know, these these kids today play these violent video games or they watch porn on the Internet or they see all this violence on TV. Well, if you're the adult and you're the parent, you can switch the fucking channel. If you yourself as the adult and the parent don't like a fucking podcast or don't like uh, some talk Rush Limbaugh on fucking AM radio or whatever, turn the fucking channel. Mm-hmm. Well, you can offer your constructive criticism, but then, you know, if somebody's going to, somebody might come back and say, hey, you know, I appreciate your, your criticism, but, you know, fucking turn the channel if you don't like it, you know? Yeah. And the impulse, more often than not, is this either misguided attempt at, uh, you know, changing hearts and minds, but as much as, you know, some of the more ardent, assholes out there um, <laughs> might want to not believe, you know, honey does attract more bees or however the uh, saying goes. And if you, yeah, bees. the honey juice attracts more cunts. Um, but if, if you start out the conversation with you are a misogynist prick and I'm going to tell you why, and you should feel so bad that you change your mind. That isn't how you change hearts and minds. That's the equivalent of going into a country Leveling everything with bombs, putting up a banner on your battleship, and then calling it a day. That well, does not change. Do that. I mean, that sounds like something out of science fiction to me. <laughs> but, sounds like something out of Time Stalkers. Yeah, it's Time Stalkers. Um, I don't understand. To me, um, just fucking live and let live. Don't be a cunt. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I will say this, in, in the, uh, whether it's a guy or, I was going to say a woman, but I'm not going to be misogynistic. I'll say a, a, a guy or a woman. People can bitch and say, oh, this such and such person's misogynistic and blah, 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 blah. But I guarantee you, if fucking Hugh Jackman walked up to him and was the same way, they wouldn't give a shit. And a guy, a guy can bitch about a woman being a fucking, you know, uh, screwing around on him or whatever and this and that. But if they're hot and they knew that the, knows that the girl is that way, they'll, they don't give a fuck. They just want their piece of the cunt. And another thing that gets me, and I was thinking about this the other day, was because I've been the same way. You know, you you only see because th- if you're a guy, you only see, you you see it from the guy perspective. Is that um, a girl that goes and sleeps around, or that it, not? I shouldn't even say sleep around. Let's just say this: they like sex. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I went out with a girl one time. She said, "Sex is like riding a bicycle. If you like doing it, why not go and do it? If you do it safely." You know, why does it have to be all these emotional attachments? And I'm like, well, what? But I like you. <laughs> no, but, but if a guy goes and does the same thing, you know, so you can't be a guy and sit there and say, well, this chick, she sleeps around. She screwed this guy and she screwed that guy and everything because, you know, fuck, you're a dude. You, you know, mm-hmm. guys, are, it's funny how a guy is looked upon as a fucking swordsman or a, you know, <laughs> yeah, he gets a lot of puss, you know, but then the same guys will turn around and say, she's a fucking whore. So, you know, get your head out of your ass, you know, you, your perspective is probably and sometimes kind of fucked up yeah. and skewed towards your cock or your cunt. <laughs> this has been Coffee Talk on Sylvan Gold. Yes, next time on Sylvan Gold, we discuss the Panama Canal. Now, I wonder how, how much the uh, the patriarchs of the podcast that shall not be named uh, appreciate that we just aired this uh, dirty laundry. I don't even know what podcast it is. Was that like <laughs> a, a Metal Mikey? Action Attraction. Sorry, Mikey. Yeah, sorry, Mikey. No, but it's an interesting discussion. And, it is. You know, an there's no discussion. need to name names, but it's just an interesting discussion. We've yes, had sir. people that you know, and people know this that have have uh, given us reviews and said that I was a big fucking piece of shit and a misogynistic jerk who just fucking makes noises and everything. And to be honest with you, Dad, you're right. You raised me, fucker. Anyway, so what have I been watching? Let me get into this shit a little bit. My back fucking hurts. I think I got kidney failure. You need to get um, that uh, exercise ball. Exercise balls. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I watched before the show 2011 documentary called Last Days Here. Mm. Uh, have you ever heard of a group called Pentagram? Pentagram, like a music group? It's a hard rock, heavy metal band. <laughs> no, I haven't heard of <laughs> Well, I haven't either. So, I mean, th- I guess they started back in the, uh, maybe like the 80s or something like that. I can't, I mean, I just watched the documentary, but it's, it's a, I, I don't, I shouldn't say it's a standard documentary, but it's basically, uh, this band, they were kind of up and comers and, uh, they fell by the wayside because their lead singer, who, you know, he kind of had the big, uh, lead singer of a rock band, Ego. Mm. I'm sure we all know people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of sabotaged everything with his big mouth and his big ego. And he, uh, they show him now, 
uh, and he, when it's, the movie starts, he's a, a hardcore drug addict. This guy has scars. He, ha- he has a gauze all over his arms all every day because he has these huge like scars and twisted uh, open sores all over his arms uh, from um, doing drugs and um, he gets like that psychosis where he thinks he has like maggots and oh, uh, parasites under his skin so he picks and digs at himself mm. he lives with his parents and everything well a young fella uh, who's a record collector you know vinyl uh, finds a uh, pentagram album, and he's like, "Man, this shit is fucking awesome!" So he starts looking into him. And he actually, you know, made the documentary and everything uh, about this guy and uh, them trying to uh, get him straightened up and maybe do another album. Hmm. And it's it's pretty good. It's on Netflix Instant. Um, okay. The only thing that I would say about it that is it's kind of I feel almost like it's kind of a been there done that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, you get to see Phil Anselmo in it from Pantera, Ooh. and uh, uh, he's a nice guy. He has a haircut now, like fucking, uh, <laughs> I, not like a Dutch boy, like uh, Robert Prince Valiant, but it's kind of close. It looks, it's like a uh, to me, it looked kind of like a girl's haircut, but I don't know. I'm old, so. But you know, let me tell you, brother. Hey, brother. Yeah, you need to get your shit together, brother, because I love you, man. It's good meeting you. He meets this guy for the first time. He's like, I love you, man. You know, and you know how Phil is someone talks, brother. And he got his big neck and his eyes squinting and he looked, you know, white power, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, I don't know about that white power stuff. You know, I think he was trying to make a point, but uh, they were kind of rednecky. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Dimebag Daryl, brother. Um, for life. Uh, I watched 2012's Jack Reacher again. Just ah, one. I watched you know, some of that. It was kind of one of those deals where I've seen it before. I saw it when it first came out on DVD, but it's been you know sitting there on Netflix Instant, and I thought, you know what? I remember this not being that bad, and I kind of just would like to watch an action movie. Tommy Cruise, I make fun of him mm-hmm. because, you know, he's got some of his traits like repeating what people say and laughing and all that shit. And he's kind of a, uh, an odd duck when it comes to his Scientology stuff. But I will say this. He's a movie star. Mm-hmm. He has charisma. And uh, he can do action pretty good. Uh, like The Last Mission Impossible I thought was was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. This one, to me, I said this online today. I mean, I could seriously see this being made in the maybe mid mid to late seventies, early eighties, with uh, like fucking, you know, any any number of fucking uh, action stars in the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I think this, you know, I don't, I'd never read any Jack Reacher novels. I'm pretty sure it comes from like a series of books. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, I mean, he does a good job. I, it kind of, um, I liked it a lot up until, up until, um, Robert Duvall shows up in the movie, which was a surprise because I didn't expect Robert Duvall to show up in this motherfucker. (laughs) But then his character, it kind of just, I don't want to say it goes off the rails, 
but I kind of liked the more of the investigation kind of a thing and stuff like that. Hmm. He has uh, Jack Reacher has some pretty good lines in it when he's getting ready to kick somebody's ass. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, they don't know, you know, he's got a special set of skills, of course, <laughs> and they don't know, you know, what they're dealing with, and he's kind of trying to talk people out of it. And then when he kind of gets, uh, you know, he he has some good lines that if you were getting ready to fight somebody and they said something like what he says, mm-hmm. that you'd be like, oh, shit, maybe I should have kept my fight. <laughs> but so it's not too bad. Uh, yeah. It has cool cars in it. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, I watched up until that thing you were talking about, the, the fight outside the bar. Yeah. I got to that point point. I had to stop because I had to go back to work. And there's one scene where he takes his shirt off. And the chick that, that uh, is the main girl in it, her, her name is... Uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah. She was in um, the uh, second Clash of the Titans movie. Uh, She's kind of cute. I mean, she's, you know. uh, But anyway, there's a scene where she's in Cruz's hotel room, and he just has his his shirt off, and he's sitting there talking to her. And it's just kind of like I'm sitting there thinking, why the fuck is he just standing there with his shirt off? And they address it, you know. Why is this this strange midget taking his shirt off in my hotel room? Well, it was his. It was his hotel room. Oh, okay. but, but but they do address why he's doing it, and it's it's actually kind of funny. Okay. Uh, so anyway, the next thing I watched, which I think this may be one of the highlights of the week, because I'd never heard of it. I found it on iTunes. Mm. Uh, we what did we watch last time that had Jack Palance in it? Fuck! It was the last show. I can't remember. Uh, it was. It was a voodoo thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the like magic thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, craze or whatever. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I kind of was like, man, I'd like to see some more shit with Jack Palance in it, or Jack Palance. Uh, Jacques Palance. Jacques Palance. This is uh, 1963's Le Mepris, uh, or also known as Contempt. Uh, it's directed by Jean-Luc Godard, uh, and um, it stars Brigitte Bardot. Who is, uh, shows off her just beautiful, fantastic, amazing naked body in it. Her on several occasions. Bardot. Yeah. Uh, it also stars Jacques Palance. And, uh, it has, uh, Fritz Lang is in it. Mm. Pretty, pretty prominent part. And he plays Fritz Lang. Um, <laughs> this is one of those movies that if you kind of like the behind the scenes stuff about like old Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, you get a lot of that in this. Um, Pal- Palance, Jack Palance is a uh, movie producer, and um, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's getting Fritz Lang to make a movie, I think, about the uh, 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 Ulysses, uh, and he has uh, Michel Piccoli or, uh, come in to um, rewrite the script, and uh, there's some clashes, and... Palance is, he's like, honest to God, just as I was getting ready to think of who he was like in this, I would think he is like how Vince McMahon is in the WWF now. He (laughs) is larger than life. He is like a fucking ego. I mean, but anyway, it's really good. Um, Ken, uh, a good friend of the show, Ken. Yeah, Indy. Yeah, Indy Ken. Uh, he said this is one of his favorite movies. He's only watched it once, and he'll never watch it again. <laughs> uh, there's some stuff in this that will just, as far as relationship things, that will make you just kind of just, you're just like, God, 
fucking damn it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. It is also on iTunes for rent, or I'm sure you can find it uh, by other means. Um, I really liked it. And, you know, it's kind of, if you've seen Breathless, uh, Jean-Luc Godard, mm-hmm. uh, it's Breathless, um, and you kind of like that, it's you, you or Jules and Jim, mm-hmm. you'll kind of get an idea of, of the style of this, but I really liked it. It's just Wonderfully shot. Hmm. Uh, next thing I watched was a uh, from 1951, uh, directed by Robert Wise, uh, and it is wow. the day the Earth stood still. Hmm. Uh, the original, yeah, the one without Keanu Reeves, the one without all the uh, Christian undertones. Yeah, did it have Christian undertones? Uh, that's the what movie? I read. Either that, or like someone knew that the director was Christian, and they wow. kind of. Uh, Projected a lot onto the film. I don't know. Well, I never I saw the movie. I saw the second one first. I saw the one with Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. I remember not... I mean, I wasn't like egog over it uh, and thought it was the greatest thing ever, but I didn't hate it. But it was competent. I never saw this one first, but this one is definitely superior. Okay. Uh, I really liked it. Um, it stars Michael Rennie, Patricia Neal, who was just... Oh, she was very pretty back then. Um, it's a really good movie, and it um, it doesn't have as much. It's not as much. I think the second one they really made it more of a sci-fi movie, and this is definitely a sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really um, hinge on all that. It, it's a lot more dialogue and claw uh, two uh, interacting with humans and kind of undercover going around and. Doing this and that and talking to people. Klaatu. Now this Klaatu. one, this one has a robot named Dave Macklemore, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. From uh, I think uh, the planet of Texas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like this movie. I wouldn't mind owning this one. Definitely. The planet of the Houston Astros. Yes. Uh, the next thing I watched was something that has eluded me for a while. Uh, it was 1969's Shay or Shay. Shay. Um, oh, okay. This movie was another Jack Palance movie that I found on iTunes for rent. Um, and uh, Jack Palance does not play Shay Gravera. He plays Fidel Castro. Yay! And when you're watching it, I started thinking, I was like, because it, it starts um, um, when they're getting ready to invade Cuba. Uh, 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 come back to Cuba with a, uh, say like, I think it was like 80 men or 80, 88 men or something like that. They land on the beach and they go into the jungle and they are preparing to fight a guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. against Bati- Dave Batista. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, um, when you first see Palance, I thought, geez, okay, Jack Palance is fucking Fidel Castro, and then when you wa- you're watching it, you're like, "Fuck, he kind of looks like him." And then I started watching it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck is different here?" He's got the beard. He wears like Castro would wear these. You know, he needed glasses, I guess, to read or whatever. And he'd wear these glasses, and I was like, "He fucking looks like." Well, he, I think he, had, I'm 100 percent because I know what Jack Palance's nose looks like. He was a boxer, and he kind of has that kind of mash nose a little bit, uh, where his broken nose. He has a fake nose, but it makes him look just like Fidel Castro, and you can't tell it's fucking fake. I look close. And Omar Sharif plays Shay. Um, this is pretty good because it doesn't really take a stand on right or wrong, uh, because as they're 
as the movie is progressing, they go to, it's almost like a docudrama where they go to certain people, not real life people. I mean, they're still the actors like Robert Loja, Woody Strode is in this and they'll go to that character, which was supposed to be, I, this takes place in 16 or I mean, I'm sorry, the movie was made in 69. So it's like, They'll go out of time, and they'll be showing them in the jungle, and then they'll talk to one of the characters now, after, and that's not a spoiler, because if you don't know fucking that Che Guevara was killed, then mm-hmm. you're fucking, you know, you, you should read some history. Um, but uh, they'll talk to those characters, and then some of them will say, you know, he was a bastard, he was fucking, you know, a murderer, blah, 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 blah. And then some of them will say he was great, da, 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 da. So it yeah, kind of goes well, both ways. Yeah. And then you just see the story. But it's it wasn't great. I think if you wanted to watch something that's more, of course, more encompassing, watch the two. Well, it was actually one giant movie, and they split it into two with Benicio Del Toro. Uh, Shay. Uh, oh, you know was, what? I, I looked up, I did some Google research uh, Jack Palance, born in 1919. Fidel Castro, born in 1926. Uh, Jack Palance died in 2006. And as far as we know, Fidel Castro is still alive, which means Fidel Jack Castro Palance is, is Fidel Castro. It could That could be. And I'm telling you what. Um, I, after seeing uh, Jack Palance worshipping Chuku... <laughs> and th- everything, the, the riches and every all the good stuff that came his way because of Chuku, I would follow probably follow Jack Palance before I would follow Fidel. Viva uh, Fidel! Fidel. Well, I'll ask you this tomorrow. I'll see how you see if you feel the same way. Chuku, hey Chuku, why don't you uh, quit using the cunt word? Um, the next thing I watched was a big epic uh, World War Two movie. Uh, from 1965, uh, and it was called The Battle of the Bulge, Yay. which is what I am fighting right now, as I am 252 pounds. Um, I'm trying, but I mean, being sick, definitely just laying around, because it didn't kill my appetite. Excuses. Um, this, yes, I know. Like, I need to crack down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably why I got sick. I was pretty eat less. starving myself. Yeah. I'm trying to eat less, motherfucker! <laughs> Uh, this was directed by Ken Anakin. Uh, that's a weird last name. Uh, th- th- I think it means robot-like acting. Uh, <laughs> and this has it a lot. for clusterfuck in French. Clusterfuck. This motherfucker has a lot of people that star in it. Okay. The okay. two main characters are Robert Shaw, who plays Colonel Hessler. Never heard of him. SS, and he is fucking awesome in this. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, this is one of his best roles. He is a motherfucker. Not like a motherfucker, like he's like, but he's just a, he's really good. And Henry Fonda is the next big lead. In this. Oh, it's never next. heard of him. Uh, Robert Ryan, Dana Andrews, George Montgomery, Ty Harden, let's see, Charles Bronson, uh, James MacArthur, who played Dano on fucking Hawaii Five-O and was the grandson of General MacArthur, Telly Savalas, uh, there's just a shitload of people in this motherfucker. Yeah, a lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns. Um, let's see, Robert Royal is does, in this. Does it have He's Wiley like, Wiggins in it? If Wiley Wiggins wasn't even born in 1965, I don't think. Damn it. He was probably born the same year you were born, on the same month and the same day. Son of a bitch. Uh, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> yeah, look that up. Yeah. This is really good. Um, 
It covers, like, if you watch Band of Brothers, it covers a lot of the same territory, because, of course, it's, you know, a historical um, drama. <coughs> Charles Bronson's really good in it. Um, the, the, the highlight of the fucking movie is Robert Shaw. I don't give a fuck. I mean, he's just excellent in it. And George Montgomery um, plays a kind of a hard-ass um, sergeant in this, uh, and everybody's kind of thinks he's like a fanatic or whatever, but he is, I don't know if I would say he stole the show, but he was definitely fucking excellent. He was married to somebody famous. Who the fuck was George Montgomery married to? You tell me. Me? You know, I'm going to look it up. When uh, right. shit. I'm just uh, looking at pictures of Wiley Wiggins. He's 37 years old. He can't be me. That's impossible. He's an old fart. I look young and handsome still. He looks like Wiley Wiggins. You do. Yeah. He was married to fucking Dinah Shore, George Montgomery. But anyway, he was he's been in some um, some some uh movies that genre movies that uh people try and get by other means. One of them I think is called uh, War Hunt and the other one is called The Iron Claw where he's a World War II guy and he got his hand cut off and he just has a claw. Like a hook, like Captain Hook. But anyway, Battle of the Bulge is a classic. If you haven't seen it, it's a fucking uh, fairly long movie, but it's worth your while. It's got a lot of good shit in it. Now, because I watched that and I kind of got a boner for World War II movies with giant fucking famous people cast thingies, (laughs) I watched 1977's A Bridge Too Far. Mm. Uh, This was directed by Richard Attenborough. And it has a fucking hell of a cast, too, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about uh, Dirk Bogart, Sean Connery, Ryan O'Neill, Gene Hackman, Robert Redford, uh, Elliot Gould, Michael Caine. Just, I'm telling you what, I think they just, uh, Lawrence Olivier's in it. Jesus. I, they just kind of said, um, hey, let's fuck it, Gene Hackman. It, they, they, they did a deal where they said, let's just get every goddamn single fucking human being we can think of. And put him in this fucking movie. <laughs> that James Caan is fucking in it. Uh, I believe Hardy Krueger, Maximilian. Schmack, wait a minute, I got to do my voice. Maximilian Shell. And Liv Allman is the only chick in it, pretty much, I think. Uh, but she's good. Nice. Um, huge all-star cast. Uh, it is about the. Um, well, there were th- I think three bridges that they, as the Germans were retreating. They decided, hey, you know, if we if we uh, capture these bridges, then before they can blow them, we'll be able to uh, go right into fucking Germany and whoop them fuckers as asses, fuckers as <laughs> and fuckers so anyway, <laughs> fuckers as asses. So um, though the last bridge was the bridge at Remagen, which was another movie called the Bridge at Remagen with Ben Gazzara and. Uh, Oh, God, what's that fucker's name? I can't remember now. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> Was it uh, Vol- Volodymyr Jack Polonc? 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 It was not. It was Ben Gazzara and George Siegel. I couldn't think of George Siegel's name. I'm sorry. But that movie is also very good. Good World War II movie, which I let somebody, one of my co-workers watch and I think that he gave me the box back without the DVD and that was a what? long time ago oh. so I ended up buying it again because I didn't want to go through all that shit uh, um, okay. I watched again 2010's The Trip 
with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Oh, yeah. This movie is so fucking hilarious to me. I just laugh my arse off. They are, I'm telling you, they are the Jake McClarge Huge and Dr. Zom of (laughs) uh, British comedy. Of course. Very good movie. Um, I did say that I thought that I could probably just have the audio of that entire movie and just listen to it while driving to, like, Cincinnati or Columbus. And I would still laugh because it's fucking funny. Nice. Um, I did watch a lot of hockey um, and some, uh, you know, like, new games, the Pens. And, uh, now, why we, are you watching the Pens? Like, are you getting on that bandwagon? I live an hour and a half from Pittsburgh, and the Pens games are on a channel called The Root ah. uh, Channel. And so they're on all the time. This is our local team. Okay. Um so they're on a lot, and, uh, you know, hockey's hockey. I'll watch anybody. Uh, I also, on iTunes, if you go under TV shows uh, instead of movies and put in uh, like NHL or hockey, mm-hmm. I think just NHL, uh, it brings up, uh, they have a lot of those, um, like, uh, hockey's greatest rivalries, and then they'll have, like, Stanley Cup, the greatest Stanley Cup games. Mm-hmm. And um, they had the one which was uh, all about the Flyers. And you can buy the whole thing as one big chunk, or you can buy individual games for, like, maybe two bucks. And, I mean, they're the whole fucking game. I mean, there's no commercials, oh, okay, but okay. It's, it's about you'll have about three hours worth of hockey watching there. Yeah. And I got the uh, one for the Islanders uh, when they were a juggernaut. And um, uh, it's fun, fun watching, but like I said, you start doing that shite, and then you fucking don't watch as many fucking movies. I know. Uh, but, Isn't that terrible? Isn't that yeah. just the worst thing? I didn't watch hardly any, um, like I started watching Luther with Idris Elba, but yeah. then, like a lot of stuff, uh, that are TV shows, I just kinda, Eh, I watched the first three or four episodes, and I haven't watched any since. Not because it isn't any good, mm-hmm. but you know, I always think to myself, "Well, I could be watching a fucking movie." <laughs> uh, and uh, but the one thing about those is, I if I'm riding that stupid gazelle trying mm-hmm. to lose fucking weight, that uh, putting a TV show on, uh, you know, I'm not going to ride the goddamn thing for two and a half hours watching a whole fucking movie. <laughs> so, um, hey, you do what I, you got to do. I watched the, on PBS. I'm a big supporter of PBS. I will be honest. I watch a lot of shows on there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I imagine because we do live in the Pittsburgh area, because um, we have two PBS channels. We have one which is Morgantown, West Virginia, which is only like 17 miles up the road from me. And then we have the one from Pittsburgh, because uh, a lot of our channels around here are, are Pittsburgh channels. Um I, they have several, uh, I like the shows about, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, there's one that's Rick Steeb, and he goes around to, like, different countries and everything, but he'll go to Rome and he'll take you around. It's like you're going on a guided tour of, of, of these different places. But then the, I think the one guy's name is Seaback, I can't remember, I think, and he does, um, documentaries like he'll be in Pittsburgh and he'll just go to like Oakland which is a a section of Pittsburgh a, a community in Pittsburgh and he'll just go to different neighborhoods and like talk about like uh the architecture and uh you know used bookstores and he'll go from one to the next or or delis or restaurants and he talks to the people that live there there was one um 
where he went to in Oakland uh, before. Now it's PNC Park uh, is the baseball uh, yeah, stadium yeah. in Pittsburgh. Before that, it was Three River Stadium, and before that, it was Forbes Field. Well, Forbes Field is where the Pirates beat the New York Yankees when Bill Mazeroski hit a home run to win the series, I think, in the seventh game. And uh, they won the World Series, the World Championship uh, yeah. that year. Uh, so now, the only thing that is there now, they tore down Forbes Field a long time ago. I think they tore it down in 70 or 71, because the only place I remember as a kid going to to watch baseball was Three River Stadium. But right before that was Forbes Field, and my dad and you know all of them would go up and watch Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell and those guys play there. And uh, they tore it down. Well, now there's a park there and everything, and they have like a little chunk of the out a little part of the outfield wall still up. And every year, uh, the anniversary of when Mazeroski hit the home run to win the World Series against the Yankees, uh, it started out this guy would go down there, and he had like a boom box, and he had the entire thing recorded on cassette, that game. Mm -hmm. And he would go down there and just play it like out loud, and there would be like, you know, maybe a handful of people that would come and listen. Well, now it's grown and grown and grown, and they had like a, I can't remember how many, like maybe 3,000 people or something show up. Holy shit. And they stand around and listen to that game, and they react almost like, you know, the game is being played and they're listening to a game. <laughs> and Mazeroski actually, they every year they were like, you know, I think he's going to come. I think he's going to come. I think he's going to come. Well, he did come that year and, and uh, in a limo, and he sat there and signed autographs, which was cool. And, uh, nice. Now, they, what does this have to do with PBS? I'm lost. It, it was a PBS documentary. Oh, okay, they, cool, they, cool. They'll, like, all the time, um, just about every night, they'll have uh, uh, one of these documentaries where they'll, where they'll talk about Pittsburgh or the surrounding area. They'll show, like... Uh, Libraries and, like I said, just different architecture. Because I mean, and talk about the history with you know uh, Andrew Carnegie uh, doing all this stuff to build it up, and they'll show what it like some of the area looked like uh, back in the old days, and you know now and everything. And it's it just interesting. And you know, it's you know documentaries, documentary. So I mean, but it's even if you didn't live in the in the area, to me, I'd like to see some about other places. But I'm sure you. If you live in San Francisco, they probably have the same thing there and on yeah. their PBS channel. But I donated some money to PBS here recently. Attaboy. And, um, I, they have, uh, oh, like if you go to their website, you can just donate money, but you can also donate money and get something back. And I got, uh, I think it was, um, one of them was King Lear, and I think Magneto plays King Lear. <laughs> and the other one was another. Uh, it was another Shakespeare uh, Hamlet, I think, and it might be Jean Luc Picard. Uh, yeah. So you know. Anyway, you I thought, yeah, this would be cool. I haven't watched them yet, but I'm sure they're pretty cool, pretty good. Nice. And uh, so now that we have exhausted all. Other avenues. Well, hold up. I'm looking at a picture of Jack Palance. Huh? And that dude has a shit-eating grin for days. Um, and he was a professional boxer. Yes. Can you imagine getting the shit beat out of you and looking up and having that grin, that big toothy grin yes. staring at you? You thought you could take me, oh, but I want your ass. But you know what? Since he became an actor, you might think that 
what would it look like if you were looking down and Jack Palance, who you've seen in movies as this great tough guy, was laying on his ass and you were standing over him with his teeth stuck in your boxing glove? Well, said, look, Jack true. Palance. How's your chuku now, motherfucker? Look, Jack Barazzo. Walter Palance. Walter J. Palance. He also went by that. Uh, Jack, Jack Brazzo. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, wait See, a minute. Isn't his last name the same as the guy who wrote Fight Club? Yeah, Paul, pa- Polinuk, or Polonia, yeah, or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was. Vladimir Jacques Polonia. See, I think we're at a crossroads where, you know, I don't want to talk about these movies, but <laughs> I don't want to be on this podcast for six hours putting off not talking about yeah. these movies. Well, we don't have to. I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest. We it's, don't have to fucking go super in depth on these turds. No. But you know what? I'm going to give it my best, and we'll we'll start with. Uh, why don't we start with Time Stalkers? Okay. Time Stalkers. Time Stalkers. I will say this: if I would have known when I when I picked this, I did not look at IMDb, and IMDb says this was a 1987 TV movie. Yes. Okay, and I did not know that. I thought it was made for the big screen, and it was not. It smells like a TV movie. Yes. Scott is a history professor. Uh, Scott, a history professor, becomes involved with two time travelers from the year 2586. After making a discovery in an old photograph, one of the time travelers is determined to change the course of history, the other to stop him. Scott's fascination with the Old West comes in handy when they all return to 1886. Now, Time Stalkers. That's that's very charitable that they call it a fascination with the Old West. I'd say it's an unhealthy obsession, preoccupation from an adult. Is like a fucking weird teabag kind of a guy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but but yeah. th- but then again, you know, when I was watching this, I started thinking about these like Civil War reenactors and stuff that are just so they pick one point in history mm-hmm. and they're just so obsessed with it. And I remember when I was like in probably like junior high, maybe even high school, when um, they used to have these uh, time life books that they would uh, shill on TV commercials, uh, the Old West, and it'd be like John Wesley Harden. So mean, he once shot a man just for snoring. And, and I would go to the library and they had these books there and I, you know, because I was a fan, I think it was more because I was a fan of Old West movies, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or, oh, sure. uh, The Long Riders, which were, or Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid with Chris Christopherson and James Coburn that were based on real life characters. Then I like going back and reading the stories about these real people because it's like, okay, you know, the, the movies are going to embellish things and, you know, because they want them to be exciting and fun. And, but I always thought it was cool to go read about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and then, you know, kind of add a little bit more to the, the, the movie, which I always loved Butch Cassidy was, uh, Robert Redford and, uh, uh, Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. So anyway. But this dude takes it to, like you said, a different level. I was surprised at the beginning uh, what sets uh, the stuff in play. I didn't uh, <laughs> see the the uh, it was it was kind of goofy because back in the day, especially in the eighties, uh, the car hitting something 
like th- they they would always try and hide a ramp because you can't really <laughs> flip a car yeah. on a flat surface. And so there was a big dirt pile. And my God, I mean, I was like, okay, this is right off the bat. I mean, he basically sees his wife and kid. They get corkscrewed by this guy in a car. And then the fucking cars explode and they just <laughs> burn up. And he's like, Bucktooth Bill Devane, you know? He's like, yeah. holy fucking shit, you know? <laughs> and he does have some choppers. I liked it William was. Devane. Um, <laughs> he was great in, of course, Rolling Thunder, mm-hmm. which I just talked about George Montgomery having his arm cut off and just having a claw. Well, he did it before Bill, William Devane in uh, Rolling Thunder. He was great in... Marathon Man as Dustin Hoffman's gay secret agent brother. Mm-hmm. And he was great in Missiles of October where he played JFK. Uh, but William Devane, he's a good actor. So obviously, but then he, he has a distinct look. He kind of has like a, like I said, he kind of has his top teeth kind of stick out a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's got like a kind of an odd, weird kind of a smile, but he, got in a mode after he did Rolling Thunder, after he did Missiles of October and Marathon Man, where he started making TV shows. And I can't remember which one specifically, but he would be like on Falcon fucking Crest or <laughs> or, or Dallas or Dynasty or some shit like that. Now, um, his nemesis in this movie, and one of the reasons, okay, you know, like I said, I saw this, I was like, well, fuck, you know, William Devane, I liked him in those movies. Mm-hmm. And Fucking Klaus Kinski. You know, you're going to get... Klaus Kinski... One thing that I forgot, though, was Klaus Kinski became an uber check casher (laughs) the older he got. He would be in anything. And so, rather than getting something really cool, uh, you know, we got this. (laughs) But I will say this. Uh Even though this was a shit made-for-TV movie... William Devane looked like he was a shit made-for-TV actor. Klaus Kinski, even though he was in this shit movie, there were times where his odd charisma, his weird look mm-hmm. and everything, uh, especially that they it really came through that he was more than just some shit TV actor. There was a scene in this where they are in the future. Cause yes. He comes yeah. from the future. He's got on his futuristic gear. Now, the guy it's that a, is... It's a disco future. Yes. Very which, shiny. Which is very... Which at this in the, in the 80s is what you would expect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the guy that played his boss slash scientist partner was a typical 80s... TV actor, kind of older guy with a perm, tall guy. He kind of looked like John Cleese. Yeah, I've seen him in other shit before, but I I don't remember what his fucking name is. But um, they had a good scene, and Kinski kind of starts going off the rails, which is when he's at his best. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man, his hair was out of control in this (laughs) one. He has this stringy blonde, long hair, and he's old, and he's kind of fatter in this, definitely yeah. fatter than when he was young and in you know, good shape. Kinski always, he had a cross between, I, I heard, uh, uh, I'm sure, I think it was like uh, Fomka, or some people say Fomke, I don't know which one it is, John, Johnson, yeah, yeah. that played Jean Grey in, uh, 
X-Men. Yeah. She, I remember her saying, you know, she, I think it was her saying that she was, you know, uh, this close. And of course, you know, it's a podcast, so you can't see my fingers, but they're real close together. This close to, to, there's a lot of models are this close to being ugly. <laughs> but they're not over the lines. It's like the difference between Patrick Swayze and Patrick Swayze's brother, Don Swayze. <laughs> sure. Don Swayze looks like Patrick Swayze. You can tell they're brothers, but Don Swayze looks like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> and he's kind of, he's too, uh, weird, odd, or ugly looking to be considered good looking. But some people are right on that fucking fine line. Mm. They, like, uh, in the movie that I saw with John Favreau and Famke Johnson, uh, it was like a comedy love story. She was saying that when she was a kid, everybody called her horse face and all this and that. And you look at her and you think, okay, you know, she's, you know, just a little bit, if her mouth was even just a little bit bigger, you know, it, she would look weird. Mm-hmm. If her head or her face was stretched out, she would look like a horse face. She's just that close. And Kinsky's like that when he was younger. You watch like some movies like Dr. Zhivago or something like that when he was younger. And there were movies where he was actually kind of interesting and almost handsome in a, in a strange or interesting way. And so in this, he's, you know, a lot older, got that stringy-ass fucking almost white, well, it is white, uh, hair, and he's a little bit more paunchy, which he kind of hides because he wears a duster, like an old west coat, (laughs) a lot. Um, But there are scenes in this, like I said, where uh, Kinski, even though he's in this shit movie and he's just collecting a paycheck... He something comes through that you can see that this guy is not just uh, uh, some TV actor. Yeah. Now. Yeah, he definitely he brings the most to the movie more yeah. than anyone else. But yeah. unfortunately for him, there are still moments where, you know, and there are a lot of moments of this movie where I wasn't paying attention and I kind of blinked <laughs> back in. And there's that scene where he's like toward the end where he's kind of going back and forth in time, and all I can think is like, why are they filming Klaus Kinski Lost? Yeah. Like, he's just kind of wandering around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like... But, I mean, you know, it's just... There's uh, nothing he can do about that. It's just... There's nothing know. he can... Yeah, there's nothing he can do about that. Plus, yeah, he brought I, mean, it. I would... Th- this movie, to me, with with the whole thing about the guy being so, like, really uh, obsessed or being a collector of Old West stuff and everything, to me, it just seemed like... like I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the writer or the director... Uh, or per, more than likely the writer. If the writer had, if, if he wasn't like that, that was his hobby. And so oh, he was like, yeah. let's make, and so he had, you know, I'll make this, you know. Um, well, shit, but, this was directed by the guy who did The Last Dragon. Yeah. Which is perplexing. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but whatever. There, there were some scenes in this. Okay, now, first of all, Lauren Hutton shows up. Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, you know, a, a famous supermodel back in the day, and she was known for having this gap between her front teeth. Mm-hmm. And she was in the movie Gator with uh, Burt Reynolds, and Burt Reynolds even comments about it. And she was like, I was thinking about getting it filled in. He was like, no, I like you. What, when they were doing their love scene, he goes, I like it just like this. Are. But if you watch this movie, she must have got tired of it because she got it filled <laughs> in. Because I was watching, and she's, you know, a good-looking milf in this. I mean, she's older in this. 
Uh, I think her time was mostly in the, like the 70s. But uh, I was watching and I was like, well, wait a minute, Lauren Hutton doesn't have her trademark gap between her teeth. Okay, now, if you ever wanted to see Klaus Kinski, and this is going to sound fucking crazy as shit, <laughs> if you ever wanted to see Klaus Kinski fight Cliff Clavin from Cheers, <laughs> this is your fucking movie. And Cliff Clavin was fucking horrible in this. Yeah, he was terrible. He was bad. Now, he, he was funny on Cheers, but goddamn, I mean, he was just really... He played an army officer who was a friend of William Devane. Now William Devane was a um, a, uh, a professor oh, in, a, in a college, but he's the kind of guy that, um, like, like I said, almost like a teabagger kind of guy. Like he's obsessed with shooting, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll wear fucking clothes that it's kind of stupid. Like oh. if, there was a scene in this where. Lauren Hutton goes back in time. Now, the special effects in this are pretty lacking. But yeah. for, the, for the 80s, I mean, you know, it's not Star Wars. They didn't have a big budget TV. It's like almost like something you would see on... It was no Philadelphia experiment. That's no, fine. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> she goes back in time, and they have like this um, crystal that looks like a big diamond. And it's got like a Timex uh, digital watch in the middle of it that's supposed to be a time travel thing. And when you go back in time... Where, wherever you're standing, it's like they poured some kerosene or gasoline in a circle around you, and, and they just light it. And you know, when whenever you're traveling time, that that space, there's always a burnt ring. And when she gets back in time, she puts on this uh, like Civil War uh, jacket and a hat. But then when she comes back to regular time, she leaves that on. And she's got like pants that have like fringe going down the side. William Devane's wearing like old west kind of, uh, sort of, you know, shirt and pants. Yeah. Looks, you know, uh, I think he ties was, a tie around his head. He tied or... that thing around his head and I was like, what the f-? they're just sitting in a restaurant. <laughs> and he just, uh, no, they were actually at, um, they were at Forrest Tucker, who was a, he was on F Troop, <laughs> this, <laughs> comedy him and Larry Storch back in the in the fucking uh I think it was like late sixties, early seventies, probably late sixties, uh when I was a kid. Um it was like a it was like a cavalry comedy like Hogan's Heroes was a, 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 a these guys were all d- dumbasses in the cavalry, the white men, and the Indians were all like really smart, kinda like Hogan was the they were all really smart and the Germans were all stupid, but that's how F Troop was. Well, Forrest Tucker, he was really famous for being in like old westerns and things like that. He was in a genre a genre movie that I watched where he was a trucker. Uh and it was pretty it was on like a, I think a Mill Creek I almost said Mill Creeps. It was <laughs> it was on a Mill Creek uh set that I have. Um <laughs> But I can't remember what it was called, but they, they had to like soup up this 18 wheeler and put like, uh, rocket launchers and grenades mm. and machine guns that come yeah. out of headlights and shit. But anyway, Forrest Tucker is a, um, is like a aficionado. He has a computer that looks like a piece of shit. Oh, uh, shit. from the 80s, of course. That fucking scene where it's like a, <laughs> a karaoke machine and like we're watching the whole thing, like, this movie's taking time so we can watch this shitty old computer sing yeah. this old west song. I'm like, why is this happening? Oh, it was so me? horrible. I forgot about that. It's, oh, just where it's like, why are we seeing this? This what? just has, this just has the, this is no good. It's only the music. Well, le- little lady, 
Let me play this for you, and it's even better. It's got the words. Do you need me to print it off for you? And the song is so stupid. Yeah. So anyway, that's when he takes his goddamn fucking something and tie the for no reason whatsoever. He decides to tie this thing around his fucking head like a goof. But she comes back through time with that Civil War hat on or cavalry hat and jacket on, and she just keeps wearing it. And it just looks so stupid. Like she's... But but they they live out was it in Nevada something like that Arizona New Mexico yeah but I mean it's like out there everything out there is like like the little town and stuff if you're walking around with a cowboy hat on and shit nobody blinks an eye um, they did have like a kind of a an out of time comedy scene uh, where she's in a restaurant and the, of course everybody has to be dressed like a, a stereotype of a punk punk rocker <laughs> of course which is awful. And they're eating like cheeseburgers and stuff, and she's gagging because she's, you know, he's like, "Hey, you hungry?" You know. Uh. <laughs> um, the movie's yeah, that's a joke. That's literally a joke in the movie. Dude, the, yeah, you hungry? Ooh. The movie is, um, it's a time capsule of eighties uh, poop. <sighs> it was gr- excruciating to to uh, to get through this. I watched it in like three chunks, maybe four. Um, it wasn't. I mean, not because it's not. It wasn't super long. No, no. It, but forty-five minutes into this movie, I wrote a note that says, "I hope Zom doesn't ask me how much I paid attention." <laughs> so I, I, I looked at it like, "Oh my god, there's forty-five four more minutes. What's going on?" But you know what I thought when I was watching this? I was like, "God, what if they took that somebody that wasn't like inept?" If they had a big budget, it, this this could have been like twelve fucking monkeys, you know, with all the the, the different time things that they could yeah, do yeah. and everything. But it wasn't. No, it, <laughs> it just was, was not. It just um, was not. I I imagine that this was probably on well, nineteen eighty seven. I mean, I was in college, so um, I'm old as shit. Um, <laughs> but I never watched this when it was on TV. I don't know what fucking channel it was on because in 1987, I think we still only had, you know, well, no. But didn't uh, they have started, like a movie of the week thing? On we ABC? started getting more cable then. Uh, it wasn't just uh, the three NBC, ABC, and CBS, and PBS. There, I remember having in college having the the, the box that maybe had like ten buttons on it, and you could push yeah. them to get different channels. Um, it's not very good, but you know. Uh, this is a genre movie podcast. You got Klaus Kinski. Yes. You got William Devane, and they are. Uh, Tracy Walters is in it. Yeah, he he plays know. a shithead. Uh, Dearly <laughs> Departed. Uh, James Avery is a blacksmith. <laughs> Shit. Um, the, the, it just was. That, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to. Klaus Kinski did have a very big hat. <laughs> he had a he had a big ten gallon hat. And I, you know, he was, he was just a fucking, uh, I, I, I you kind of, you knew what, I, I mean, as many movies as we've seen, when they started talking about the guy with the, the pistols with the, uh, black grips with stars on oh, them, yeah, yeah. the stranger and everything that came out of nowhere, I kind of knew what was going to happen. It wasn't too hard to fucking figure out. It just, I just wanted it to happen a lot sooner. <laughs> this movie actually has, uh, jump scares in it, unintentional jump scares. Like in the beginning when they're switching between the future or the the present and the past, it has those laser like, <laughs> like when they're looking at the origin of that Bowie knife. Like you're just watching it normally, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> and then it switches to another scene. It's like Jesus Christ! 
Enough with the laser transitions, man. Laser transitions. I wonder if that's what... Well, no, I was going to say, I wonder if that was where the commercials came in, but they wouldn't even think oh, that, yeah. that was the case. Yeah, the, the, well, yeah. That's, it was just poop. Yeah, there, there's an undercurrent of, like, uh, like violence toward the kid. Because uh, I took a screen cap of it. There's a part where William Devane says he's going to eat some of his kid's head. Yes! Uh, <laughs> there's another part where the wife, like, talks about, I don't know, in some manner murdering her child. You know, obviously in a playful manner, but it's like, I don't know. Who says I'm going to eat some of this kid's head? Well, did, did, I mean, look at William Devane's mouth. He looks like he well, can yeah. open a coconut, like stick a whole coconut in his mouth and chomp And on it's him. funny because he's trying to act like Jimmy Stewart so bad in this movie. He's just like super wholesome dad. Like, you know, he's not, he, he's having like a mid midlife meltdown between his clothes and that fucking car that he was driving. Yeah, that was stupid. Klaus uh, Kinski <laughs> with his hipster hat. <laughs> he had, was, I don't know. He had a magnum. I, how about this? When when um, when Kinski uh, broke into the military complex, yeah, and they had the shootout. That was the least secure military complex of all time <laughs> because Devane and Kinski are shooting at each other, and all you kept hearing was, you know. Uh, uh, break in and quadrant four. Break in and quadrant quadrant four. They had this uh, shootout that goes on for I don't know how many minutes, and not one fucking soldier ever shows up. Well, it's a pre nine eleven world. And then there was a, when Kinski does you know break into the place. He's walking down this hallway, and somebody somebody starts coming. So he he hides from them by putting his back up against this glass window, and there's people in the room. Now, they can't look out and see this stringy-haired fucking fatso <laughs> standing out there who looks like Nosferatu. Well, funny thing is, like, <laughs> in, in a weird twist, I'm watching this movie, and uh, good old Nurse Cinderella Pooh is, like, on the bed, and she glances over, and she has a propensity for thinking white people, white actors look <laughs> like someone completely different, and she is like... Huh. And she saw Klaus with the stupid hat and his fat paunch, and she's like, "Is that David Spade?" <laughs> like, no, that is not David Spade. Well, it would have been better if it was David Spade. Oh shit! Uh, I think that this is—it's odd that um, this week I got to pick both movies. I could have picked anything that I wanted. You could have picked anything. Anything. <laughs> But just trying to stay, you know, kind of okay. Well, it's it's easier. They're both on Netflix. They both, I mean, they were side by side. I thought they're both time travel movies and everything. And you know, I don't know if there's. I mean, I was gonna say that uh, I usually say, well, you know, I've seen it. You know, da da da. It's in the books or whatever. Um, this is one where if I would have never seen this, I wouldn't give a fuck. But you know what? I I don't know if I should say that or not because. I, I think Klaus Kinski is an interesting fucking oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just, I really did forget that he, uh, was, he's infamous for making just fucking shit movies. <laughs> Anything that they put in front of him at the end of his life, uh, he was just making just any, he would, do anything. So I mean, mm-hmm. I should I should have thought about that. Like I said, if I would have seen made for TV movie, I would not. We would not have done this one, but we did. So I mean, if you had to rate this, uh, if you had to, yes. Um, 
see, because I'm 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 very re- like I am with tens. I'm very it's, reticent to I'm hand out ones. If you were drunk watching this, would it have been better? Yeah, and like uh, how uh, other people would have been there. Yeah, because it's such a like. And this doesn't speak to the movie's quality more to its watchability, but it's such an odd fucking movie, like, in terms of its approach and its uh, angle, in terms of storytelling, how much of it's a mystery, how much of it's sci-fi, how much of it is just watching Captain History, like, look up history stuff and go to locations. Like, it's just, like, an odd movie. It amazes me that something like that exists. Yeah. So it makes it a little more watchable just because of, how fucking weird it is, but I'm I'm very reticent to hand out ones like AM tens. I think if I give a movie a one, then that means that I just I I feel violently ill thinking about it or talking about it. Um, one point two five. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I get I give it. I'll give it a two. I mean, William Devane's kind of a funny character, and uh, watching Klaus and his um. You know, future disco get up screaming at Jean Cleese lookalike is kind of fun, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, it, it led to me talking about it with someone else. Like, if I watch this in my own free time, out of a bout of insanity, or you call Netflix and threaten to bomb their fucking uh, yeah, soul crushing stupidity, I'd be very upset with myself. <laughs> but since I was able to share with with you and with the uh, the, the, the silver and gold miners. You know, I give it a, I give it a two. Did you watch this like today? I watched it uh, Thursday night. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was just saying. Um, yeah. Because I, I was like, that one looks worse. So I'm gonna watch that first, and then I'm gonna save the best <laughs> one for today. Yeah. <laughs> I would give this. There were times in it where I was laughing because it was so. Bad. It was sure. so pitiful. Um, I I will say, like I said, it shocked me at the beginning that that how violent the deaths of the wife and but they got yeah. away with doing that because of the uh, finale, which is I don't want to give that away. It's, it's like, like it's, it's like he 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 goes back to that point. But he doesn't remember until he conveniently remembers at the last second. Last second, yeah. And then he's like, put it in reverse! Um, Choppers. The highlight was Kinski in his disco gear in the future, uh, <laughs> ranting. You know, anytime Kinski rants and goes berserk, <laughs> it's always fun to watch. If Werner Herzog would have been in this, they, they should have had him play. <laughs> The fucking other guy, you know, or have him direct this. I'll tell you, it would have been a totally different movie. Have Werner Herzog be William Devane's love interest. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. And then French kissing. Uh, and the underhanded uh, ass fist. Um, I give this a 1.25. It was horrible. Uh, I was, I, I, the whole time, I, I wish that if you would have, have, have watched these earlier, um, uh, we could have agreed and done something else. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad about my Red Dawn drop zone double feature. Yeah. Well, this is kind of payback then. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know yeah. what? Um, like I said, I mean, if you only pick stuff that's great, you know, this was this was both of these were totally blind picks. Of course, they could have went either way. They could have, you know. So anyway, uh, one point five and a. Would you give it a six? <laughs> a a tooth. A 
a 1.5 and a 2. I wonder, I, I, I'm not the world's, I'm not the internet's foremost historian on silver and gold scores, but I, I'd be very curious in how this stacks up in terms of total score. Well, usually Loaf, um. Yeah, he, he, uh, he balances you out when you he loves, he likes, crazy. uh, so bad it's good stuff. Yeah, I don't so, think you'd like this at all. No, I don't think so. No. Either. No, no, no. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing. Well, there was a couple of good things in it, but I mean, it's just because it was bad. I mean, I don't know. We should definitely watch this and then phone in some feedback for the next episode. That's a long distance call. Oh, it's an international call. Yeah, I don't know how easily you can get to Tom's Time Stalkers in Tel Aviv. Yeah, probably easy. It's probably like really, you know, they're probably selling it on the fucking street <laughs> as the next big sci-fi Hollywood production. <sighs> but anyway, I so okay. If we have like a giant cut here mm-hmm. where we could put like big space with some kind of uh, fucking uh, promo for a podcast, uh, and then also play some kind of fucking music. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably for like some old west music, you know, singing his cattle call. <laughs> when you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think that Sid Charisse is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. Okay, so anyway, next up, 1984's The Philadelphia Experiment. Yes. Jay, would you like to synopsize this movie? Yes. A United States Navy destroyer escort participates in a Navy quote-unquote invisibility experiment that inadvertently sends two sailors 40 years to the future. Not just two sailors. Uh, Michael Pere. Michael Pere and Bobby T. Chicho, Chicho, to kick a cow. Cow. Yeah. Man cow. Um, first time we see Michael Prey in this movie, he's fondling a girl's ass. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Which is always great. Was it Jodie Foster? If only. 
Yeah. I don't think he had big enough hands. He'd I think have... Nancy Allen would probably uh, be fondling Jodie Foster's ass more Ooh. than Michael Perret. Well, now, Jodie Foster would be fondling Nancy Allen's ass. I'm sorry. Ooh. I don't think Nancy Allen is... Uh, well, you, know. you never know. You never know. Um, it's a cunt and carry. Oh, oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, was hot awesome. cunt. Yeah. Smacking the shit out of John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. he smacked her back, though, too, because he's mm-hmm. a real man. He's, he's a real man. Oh, shit. He knows how to handle cunts. Um, now, this movie, it takes place, you know. Well, actually, uh, he'd probably be grabbing Michael Perret's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that you think about it. Okay, moving right along. While he has that chin strap beard from Killing Season. Oh, <sighs> did you watch that? I watched uh, half of it while I did dishes. <laughs> I really liked parts of it, but it kind of it felt yeah. like it was really going. As soon as uh, Robert De Niro started making lemonade, yeah, um, I was like, oh, I don't really like where this is going. It had some excruciating violence in it, like yeah. some, uh, some stuff that made me whinge. But if the entire whinge. movie was uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Judge Fulton courting each other while they're drunk in that cabin, yeah. Um, I would have been, been, been all of, about that shit. Can I pitch a, uh, Travolta's got a nice big fat white bubble ass. He does. Can you imagine De Niro fucking tagging that? Well, now I am. Yeah. Yeah. Pull that fucking hair piece right off. <laughs> Travolta <laughs> thinks that he's fooling people when he has a hair piece that's like really short, like almost like a crew cut. Yeah, yeah. But it looks bad. It looks like paint. You know? <laughs> yeah. It does not look good. I don't know why he just. Uh, you know, I, it used to upset me. I don't know if I would say it upset me, but maybe it does more now because I fucking have no hair. Um, that Sean Connery in so many movies, they would put a hair piece on him for no fucking reason whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I could see like yeah, when he yeah. was really young and James Bond and they thought, okay, well, you know, but when he started getting older, why fucking with a hair piece? You know, come on, dude. I mean, I, I don't think he had a choice because I know he no. didn't. He even said that he didn't like wearing one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway, Michael Gray does not need a fucking hairpiece. He no. needs some, some acting lessons. He needs some ass though, but that shit kind of turns him down, which totally destroyed my suspension of disbelief. Yeah, because I'm telling you what, Eddie Wilson. Even though Eddie Wilson isn't the greatest actor in the world, the fucker's good looking. He's built mm-hmm. fucking like I wish I was built like that, and. um not only that, I just threw that in there so people wouldn't think I was gay for Michael Pere. Um, you know, I just admire his physique. Of course. But yeah. um, he's, I mean, he's he has, like he has charisma. Of, he, he has some charisma. He's yeah. more like a, just kind of a, a big old lunkhead, big, you know, chunk mm-hmm. of, uh, kind of like a chunk of wood. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's what those girls like. Yeah, some sometimes you need a little uh, wood. They like kind of like the dumb guy who's you know muscle dumb Tom Cody. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, exactly. Tom Cody was awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this he's he's a he's a sailor, um, and it's you know uh, you know around the time of World War Two ish, and they're they're uh, on a brief respite from the war, and uh, he's he's trying to get some action. The chick doesn't want to have any of it, and I thought that that was his girlfriend. That's what I thought, too. But And then he kind just of kind of went set with the other guy's pregnant wife and just kind of forgot about her. Well, you would, you would think that this movie's not focused, um, judging by that, but that's just not the case. Well, I thought it was funny because at one point 
he kept putting his hand on her ass, and she was like, eh, and then he gives her the, well, you know, I might be dead tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. But then when she turns him down, he goes and sits with his buddy's <laughs> girlfriend, but he looks over, and his buddy and that girl are dancing, and they're doing the uh, deal where she leaps up and puts, like, both her legs on either side of yeah. it, like a fucking standing position. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny, because Perez probably said, like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> God damn it, give me a fucking cigarette. Michael Perez smoked some fucking cigarettes in this movie. Oh, yeah, he he, he can smoke a cigarette. He likes the, the, the dangly cigarette, he, he's yeah. got that shit on lockdown. He lays in bed and <laughs> yes. smokes a fucking cigarette with a hot piece of ass who's giving him goo-goo eyes. It's the other bed. In the other bed. What the fuck? Well, it was a different time and another time from the future time, so... I'm just going to sit over here and watch Abbott Costello and smoke <laughs> fucking cigarette. <laughs> now, the actors Sleep. show less commitment to this period dialogue than I do to riding a motorcycle. You know, <laughs> them saying stuff like malarkey, and, like, you know, they're just like, what? Malarkey! Wow! Um, I'll say this. Five minutes into the movie, I'd say it's better than Time Stalker's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, solid three at that point. I I, I wrote that down. Um, I always like battleships and like submarines and movies. Uh, whenever it takes place on there, you know all that metal and claustrophobia. Yeah. I think it's it's a it's a really cool cinematic setting. Lots of men doing men's work. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. I like sub movies. They're 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 good fun. That's um, turns out the Philadelphia Experiment learned their visual trickery from that Take on Me music video. <laughs> um, because they like you know they they set off their trilithium ion crystals or whatever and you know to uh, go invisible but they end up going back in time. There's a lot of uh like orange negative yeah. film negative stuff going on. Yeah, just a bunch of eggheads trying to make their shit invisible and makes them go back in time. But see, you know. I, right before we went on air, I, apparently this there was an actual Philadelphia experiment, mm. and they were trying to make a ship invisible. But I imagine, okay, yeah. when they say making it invisible, they meant to radar like almost like a stealth yes. bomber, not like it's in fucking visible. Yeah, not like the uh, what's them call it Wonder Woman's jet. Yeah, like where that. she flew in that invisible jet. Yeah, it's not like that. People get your expectations in order. Um, so anyways, uh, basically we got, uh, Michael Prey and Bobby Chicho hanging out in 1984. Um, it's, it's a really cool location that they end up getting dropped off into, like, very otherworldly, you know, like Paris, Texas. Oh god. Yeah. I I will say it turned into a weird road movie, I'll give it I know this movie was not good. I hate to give away you know what we think about it. (laughs) But I'm 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 not shitting you one bit. I am not shitting you one bit. I like this movie better than Paris, Texas. (laughs) Uh, Paris, Texas was so fucking boring. Almost so boring. Okay, so we got four things going on here. We got or, okay, we got three things. If Michael Perret would have been in Paris, Texas, playing the <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton part, yes. maybe it would have been fucking better. I would have liked him. Now, because he would have fu- what? Who was the chick at the end of that? Was that Natasha Kinski? I believe so. But Man, I haven't seen can you imagine Michael Perret fucking that, fucking her doggy style? Mm. Or was that supposed to be his daughter? No, that was his Whoa. love. That was his oh, girlfriend. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Let's, yeah. we, we've already talked about that turd. Yeah, exactly. Um, we haven't, but you know. Yeah. But you know, you liked that movie, didn't you? 
What, Paris, Texas? Yeah, was it like... No, no, I don't, I don't like stupid movies. Well, there you go. Um, you and I, see, we should be doing the show. God, I, I don't, I don't wear, I don't wear pretentious asshole very well. People, <laughs> people see through that shit way too easily. I shouldn't even pretend. Um, pretentious asshole? Well, that I'm good at it. Okay. It, it's it's very obvious when when I don't like something and it's coming from a place of insecurity. <laughs> I, I can't be like, yeah, this movie actually sucks, and you should feel like a dickhead for it. It comes off as <laughs> I didn't like it, but all the people I like like it, and I feel stupid. Well, you know who's you know who's really bad about liking things just because he's, <laughs> his friends like him like it, and he you know, it's Will. Uh huh. He, he, I, I, he has a tendency to like things. Just because he thinks other people will like him if he likes them, I've heard that. That's the that's the scuttlebutt on the internet lately. What was the impetus of the conversation with that? Like, who said, like, what what was the movie in question that you only like it because other people do? I've ran with it for the past like month. (laughs) It was something. It was something really fucking stupid. It's like you only like this if you want to impress other people. It's like, ah, dude. What the fuck? It was fucking Time Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, um, the, when when those two go into it the, was uh, uh, it was uh, the Baby Goose arm cutting off movie. Oh, was it Only God Once, Forgives? What was that movie called? Only God Forgives. Only God Forgives. I think it was. Oh, okay. See, even I hate that piece of shit, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Call people's motivations into question because I don't <laughs> like it. Well, you know, the only reason I do is because Will is a bully. He is a bully. And he, like, he calls people like, oh, cunt. You know? Dude, look at what happens when he's got a J&B bottle in his hand. Oh, he is a bully. You soon as jump off a building before you get that out of your hands. You know? He fucking grabbed me at Horror Hound and, like, fucking, like, Grab butthole. Pulled my fucking head back. He like stuck his fingers from behind in my eye sockets. I pulled my head back and like poured that J and B down my throat. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! It's like a suppository. Yeah. Oh shit! He's like, it's like maple syrup. It's so good. <laughs> it leaves you sticky and not a red place. Um, their reactions. He said. He said later on, after like I when I woke up, I woke up out of a blackout fucking stupor, and I look over and he's like putting on these fucking leather pants, and I said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "Looking for some smokes." And he goes, "Have you ever been ripped off before?" And I said, "But I don't have anything to steal." And then he tied me up with the leather thing, you know, uh, and pulled out this fucking big knife. And he goes, you're about to go on a midnight <laughs> I know Will doesn't smoke, but he does go out for darts. I'm gonna darts. go out and have a dart. Have dart. A dart. Have a dart. Uh, that, was, that was my Canadian lingo for the week. I just found out what that meant. I felt great. Anal sex? Yeah, I think it was, uh, I, I was watching a, a, a highlight where, uh, Jay Henry was, uh, making fun of some Philadelphia Eagles fan who was looking pissed smoking a cigarette in the stands. Ah, yeah. Um, anyways, um, so uh, Michael pa- Perry and Michael Perry and Bobby Chicharino, are, uh, they, they go to this diner. Is that like the Bonneville Salt Flats? Because when they landed, yeah, it was it was the sand looked really super white, and they were just out in the middle of nowhere. No, at first, didn't they? They ended up. 
then they, they when they first got transported somewhere else, mm-hmm. they were alongside the road. And they were like, oh, what the fuck's that? And they were hiding. But then instead of, okay, I don't give a fuck where you are. You know you're not on Mars because you can see the <laughs> goddamn paved road. So what do they do? They, like, start walking out into the goddamn desert. That's not the best fucking choice. Well, these are smart guys. We're talking about Michael Perret and Bobby Tchichipano. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. Lunkhead and fucking... Tchichipano. Yeah. That one dude saw those big floppy titties on the TV. It looked like he just like stumbled into Nirvana. He was, yeah. he was <laughs> big floppy oh. titties. Um, Here I was grabbing a girl's ass on the dance floor, listening to the fucking Andrews sisters. <laughs> uh, first time we see Nancy Allen, she's wearing like this big blue thick net, thick knit turtleneck sweater, green plaid overcoat, some skinny jeans, and big ass hair. She was repping hard. You know, there's sometimes where she can look really fucking sexy. But then there's sometimes where she just looks like some chick that I went to high school with. I think she just looks like a mom when when she's not like you know being Who's all saucy, mom? huh? Who's her mom? Uh, I don't know. Oh no, no, I'm saying she her looks, mom was somebody famous. No, she no, she just, like just, she just looks like a mom. Oh, okay, like she has a mommy look. Um, when, when she was when she was a, a bitchy cunt and Carrie, she was kind of like that hot high school bitchy cunt chick. Mm-hmm. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I like speaking of that scene. I like that part where Parade just snatched the gun out of the old dude's hand. Hey, <laughs> stop sticking that gun in my face! And it, it's it's not it, it, it wasn't like through mastery of trickery. It was just like ha! I just took your gun. Yeah, old fart. Yeah, fuck like your goddamn head off. Uh, out of time, motherfucker. Now here's the thing with this movie. <laughs> it is it's not a fish out of water comedy. It's not sci-fi enough to be, like, actual, like, science fiction, like, in terms of, you know, uh, your enjoyment of the movie from scene to scene. Uh, It's definitely not action. It's not a mystery. It's not a conspiracy-type movie. What is it? It's a road movie. Like Bob Hope and uh, Bing Crosby. (laughs) It's like a road movie mixed with a weird sort of romance between Perret and Nancy Allen, who he kidnapped. Um, What? Did he really kidnap her? Well, I guess he did it first. He was holding a gun, and he couldn't figure out how automatic work. It didn't take her very long at all for him for her to see his muscles and just be like, she just. I mean, I'm, you, her pussy was fucking. It was fucking. Well, Jesus, it's like it's like Stockholm syndrome within five minutes of meeting a dude. Oh yeah, you know, well, she just, fucking Wilson. Yeah, exactly. But like this movie, it just it, they should have when they were when they were in that car driving down the road. He should fucking t- turn on the radio. Let me turn on the radio and see if there's anything out here about about us. And he turned on. It's like, dog sounds calling out that the news real. And he's like, yeah, this is a pretty catchy tune. He's just close to being fucking like Stallone in his beat uh, editedness. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love Prey. Yeah, there's that night where they're eating Chinese food and watching shit on the TV. But, like, that's that's the most that the movie really does. It has, like, this weird, dry, like, no villain, no real sense of conflict. Yeah. Like, the vaguest sense of, like, what's on the line. To be, like, chasing them. Yeah, like, y- there's only so far the movie can go with Ronald Reagan jokes, you know? Uh, yeah. And, like... I swear, I was having like a like a existential crisis watching this fucking movie, like because we get Lily Tomlin and Dustin Hoffman. Ooh, yeah, like we get a five minute scene 
a parade in Allen. They're driving. And the topics involve her being good at art in Cincinnati, thinking Porsches are cool, and how to open a can of Coke. Yeah, that's my kind of car. And then later they get into town, and this is exactly what happens. They're driving along. They're looking at stuff, and Michael Price is like, eh, that's the church where Jimmy was married in. Oh, there's the train station. Pause. It looks good. Why is Jimmy's hand glowing all the time? Here's the big tree. He literally says, here's the big tree. And I'm watching this, and I'm just like, why is this happening in this movie? Well, why now, if, the it, movie was the, if it was this? the big tree in 1941 or 41, yeah, 41, if it was the big tree then, it would probably be by 1980-something either the even bigger tree or the dead tree. But why am I? Why why are we being subjected to this? Like why? Like nothing happens in this stupid movie. Hey, he's no Arnold Einstein. Oh shit! Let me tell yeah. you something, people. <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers was made in 1983. Streets of Fire in 1984. And the Philadelphia Experiment, 1984. This is a big time. This was when Michael Pere was discovered. Yes. Eddie and the Cruisers. Mm-hmm. They gave him the ball. And said, you know, we're going to make a star out of this this guy. We, we're making the Streets of Fire, which is going to be uh, three, three fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, God. The, so we're oh, following no. Tom Cody yeah. around, and then it kind of it be, it's become a, a, a kind of a cult classic. But then after this, or at the exact same time, right after uh, Streets of Fire, they did uh, Philadelphia Experiment, which was I, I imagine was supposed to launch him into the hemisphere. And then if you look after that, uh, uh, he didn't do shit <laughs> for a long time. And that sucks. That I does... mean, he did a lot, but he did a lot of poop. Yeah, but he never, you know, we never got to see the most out of Michael Pere. You know, we got to see a glimpse of it. Um, I wrote a note here. I mentally checked out at one point in this movie, and then I look up, and Parade is yelling at an old dude on a horse. Hey, you I, old fucker, talk to me. I think it had something to do with how his dad died, but he was just accosting this old man on a horse. No, the old guy on the fucking horse was goddamn, what's his face? Chicha, Oh, it was him? Did tune out. They oh, went to, okay. They went to their house, and he was, of course, still alive. But he was, he had like, um, nobody would ever believe him that he, that all that shit happened, that they went back in time and they put him in a mental hospital. And so he had to live with that and he was like, I can't go back to this, I can't, and he wouldn't even talk to Perret. Oh, okay. And I was then, wondering why he was yelling at him like he was an asshole. Yeah, that was, uh, what's his face? Okay. Chicho. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's that one scene where the, the everyone's driving a station wagon and they're like shooting at each other and there's a car explosion. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Hey, one, of the, one of the last images we see in this movie are like dudes stuck in the steel of this battleship. That was owning. weird. That was dark. That was like some Clive yeah. Parker shit. I didn't expect that yeah. because I thought it was just over. You know, and everything's going to be, you know. You were feeling good. It was That over. was fucking weird as shit. Yeah. But, like, everyone's kind of happy because everything's back to normal. They're like, oh, they're, they're, they're stuck in the steel. But, like, no one seems particularly bothered by it. They're, like, you know, having, they're, like, you know, softly moaning. And this is pitch black stuff. But, of course, you know, we need a happy ending. And, yeah. you know, he needs to go back to the future and become the front man and Eddie and the cruisers. Fucking Yeah. Yeah, changes its name. That was, you know what that part was when 
they the guys were half in the steel and half out, and they're all moaning and everything. That was the dark side. That's the, that was the dark side. Oh, the dark side. Oh yeah. Ooh. Um, I will say this about this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring it home. It. The, the special effect, they didn't, to me, they didn't put a lot of money in this fucker. No. Especially, especially, when you look at like Star Wars, which was like 77, uh, they, I think that the special effects could have been greater in this. Now you did get a lot of storm stuff because they fucked up the space time continuum. That looked cool. I thought that was fine. A little yeah, the, the, the storms, but like when, you know, when they were doing, like you said, like the negative th- stuff like that, um, but it really isn't as much a science fiction movie. It is, but I mean, as far as like special effects, you didn't need a lot of special effects because like yeah. you said, it's more of a road movie. Yeah. Uh, I was, I don't know, I I think it could have been a fucking better movie. It just kind of didn't know what it wanted to be or something. Yeah. Because... Yeah. You know, and that's another thing about these movies. They're uh, back in the day. The, I grew up watching these movies, so I thought, you know, like relationships with chicks and stuff were like in the movies, where <laughs> you know this chick sees you, and the next thing you know, she's just in love, and da da da, you know. But it never works out that way. You never fucking uh, kidnap Nancy Allen, and she's in love with you. She fucking you go to jail. Um, <laughs> Bullshit. Th- this was rated PG, probably, you know, because the, they were trying yeah. to. You know, have a broader audience, but it's just a fun kind of action. It should have been more actiony, with uh, like you said, more. If they would have had a specific, um, it it wasn't like that's the thing. That's the only avenue I can think of because like it it didn't try to be funny. It didn't try to be terribly dramatic. Yeah, it just was kind of like out there when Perret was at the hospital. And Bobby fucking started going into the seizures and shit. Um, <laughs> those guys, the, the government, the goons or the whatever, black ops, whatever guys show up, and they're chasing uh, chasing uh, Perret. I thought it was pretty funny because it's always funny how inept uh, people like that can be when there's a whole bunch of them chasing you and you just knock <laughs> over like a little cart and they all fucking fall over <laughs> like bowling pins. That was kind of good. Um I would have made this a hard R, <laughs> and Nancy Allen and Prey would have had like some fucking very hot, sweaty sex in that hotel room. I mean, I'm talking hot and fucking like Ashlyn Gear sweaty. Ooh, uh, yeah. And Prey would have like been fucking a smoke it, had a cigarette dangling out of the corner of his mouth, fucking her doggy style. Yeah, burning her butt cheeks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like sticking his thumb up her ass while he's fucking her. That would have been hot, and, and you know stuff like that, smacking her around like. The next day she'd have a black eye, yeah. but she but she'd like him even more. Ashes in her hair. Yeah, she, yeah. she smells like cigarettes. And when they're eating the fucking uh, Chinese food, he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, close your legs up! I fucking didn't order fish, you know, something like that. <laughs> and, and <laughs> just good stuff. Like Parade should have been more like Tom it Cody, when he was more like uh, didn't take any shit. Like she'd be all over him, but he'd just be like. You know, shut the fuck up, and I'll call you when I want my dick sucked or something like yeah. that. This should have been directed by John Milius. Yes, it's re- That's where we're going? Yeah, probably should have. Kirk Douglas should have been like some kind of a uh, a um, uh, a villain guy, like he was. Or he wasn't a villain in the one 
the Fury, like Ben, uh, ben uh, uh, John Cassavetes. Mm. Wasn't it the, the Fury where the the two twins had the pyrotechnic powers or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And Kirk Douglas was Andrew Stevens's father, and John Cassavetes was the bad guy chasing them. Somebody they needed somebody like that to move it to push it along. That really fucking hated for some reason hated <laughs> maybe somebody from the past. Maybe a Nazi. Yes. Have a Nazi. Have a Nazi, Nazi chase scientist. I don't care. Yeah. Nazi scientists that were working for uh, the U.S. government to try and discover, like, fucking uh, uh, the atomic bomb and all that shit. They um, were involved in the occult. Mm-hmm. They were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And they were chasing Perret through time for whatever reason. And they meet Logan before he's got his adamantium claws. I hate why they have to. Why you're like Marvel? You have to throw fucking Wolverine into everything. Well, he he's he's a god. That he's, Deadpool, Spider-Man, and Wolverine do not need to be in this. I'm just so saying, Eddie dude. Eddie fucking Wilson. I don't know. It could have been better. That's all I'm saying. With this oh, one, yeah. it could have been better. Well, the other one could have been better. Well, yeah. it could have been better, but I don't know how much better. Because um, it seemed like they were working with limited resources. Yeah, that's what I think it was all done on the cheap. It seemed like it had no ambition to it. Like it's, it felt like Time Stalkers was exactly the movie that they meant to make. Oh yeah. As as hilariously bad as that is, I don't Perfect think. Song. I can't imagine that Philadelphia Experiment was the movie they intended to make. I just can't imagine that anybody along that line was like, yeah, this is the movie that's going to ignite people and make them excited. Because this is fucking Hollywood. This is a product that they're trying to sell. Like, who is this being sold to? Yeah. Who? Who? Uh, what if it had had Al Pacino in it? I would have loved it. If he had a he yellow been hanky. That guy chasing him. Yeah. He had a yellow hanky and... Or even better, he had a brown... Been, like, the really old guy who has, like, kind of spiked-up fluffy hair <laughs> and wears a T-shirt during sex because he's got a big gut, like like Pacino <laughs> always does these days. And he's like, you, I'm coming back in time, and I'm going <laughs> to get your red-headed pussy, and I'm going to fuck you! Oh, yeah! <laughs> she got a... Greatest. And you got your head all the way up it. He could have been the scientist from the, the the. He was the young scientist back in the day, and then when they find him in the future, it's Al Pacino. He's older, and then he's like, "Hey, you know why? Why did you do this to me? Why do I got to go back in time and fucking uh, have all this stuff happen to me? You know, I just want to smoke cigarettes and lay around in my bed, watch the Abbott and Costello." And he's like, "You know why? Because you got your head up your ass." <laughs> Wait a minute, I fucked it up. She got a great ass! <laughs> you got your head all the way up it? There's nothing like a little redheaded bush. But well, she, you know, that's you say Nancy so. Allen could be super hot when she plays a prostitute in Blowout or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then she can just be kind of a little chubby-faced uh, redheaded chick. Just a little mommy-looking lady. And you cut all her hair off like a RoboCop. And yeah. she's, she, that she really was not, you know, that hot at all. She did look like a mom in that. And that's all she's worth is her looks. So when she's not exploiting that, I don't want to have anything well, to do with her. Married to uh, fucking what's his face? Yeah, best favorite director. Oh, what's fucker's name? Paula De Palma. Yeah, she was married to his fucking old fat ball headed ass. Yeah. 
That's why she was in all his fucking movies. Carrie, Blowout, Dress to Kill, blah, 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 blah. And she, wait, she was with Travolta. What kind of crazy love triangle is that? I think that there was something going on there between De Palma and Travolta, not Nancy Allen. So what in, in this picture of De Palma, Nancy Allen, and John Travolta, what, what is John Travolta's role in this menage? Nancy Allen is a lesbian. De Palma is a hard, uh, butch uh, bear. He wouldn't be butch because, I mean, he's a guy, but he's a bear. Sure, yeah. And Travolta is, you know, pretty boy. Okay. He likes it in the butthole. So, so in this instance, Nancy Allen has nothing to do. No, she's she's a beard for oh uh, at that time, and then she latched on to De Palma because he had the money. Yes, of course. Uh, oh, the power, more the power. He could put her in movies. Travolta really at that time wasn't going to put her in movies. Okay. Now you might remember what I said earlier in the review where I said that this movie is already better than Time Stalkers and it's at least worth a three at this point. Huh? Uh, and that's five minutes in. Um, <laughs> I think, I think my score is a three out of 10. <laughs> um, it, it, it showed it's, it's, it's positives early on and it never seemed to regroup. It never seemed to get better than it's inherent non-shittiness unlike time stalkers non-shittiness yeah i'm right there with you i'd fucking give it a three too i mean it's not a good fucking it's um um i watched time stalkers first so watching this was like watching it was like watching time stalkers and then watching citizen kane sure yeah that definitely no not i mean it wasn't that good but i mean it was definitely you know that, that Time Stalkers was a goddamn fucking awful piece of crud. Now, you said you would watch Philadelphia Experiment before you watched Paris, Texas. What about... I either one again, but Paris, Texas was excruciatingly fucking slow and boring, and people would be like, oh, you just don't like that kind of movie. <laughs> but you know what I think? I think those people just want to be friends with Will. Well, some people just want to like burn bridges and quit clubs, and and that's you. I like you. Don't want to join the clubs. You want to join them and then leave them very quickly. Them. Yeah, I want to. Uh, but I, I will. You know, I've said this before, and I said it when on the Paris, Texas thing. People are like, you just don't like that kind of blah 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 blah. Well, I liked, um, I liked uh, Vim Vendor's fucking movies. I liked American Friend. I liked the one with Bruno Gans about that. What mm. was the the uh, uh, the angel movie, yeah, yeah I love that stupid movie. ass it's movie. A beautiful fucking movie, uh, but Paris, Texas was a fucking goddamn slow, boring turd. What about the Red Dawn remake in Paris, Texas? <sighs> I'd watch Paris, Texas before I'd watch. Really? That. Okay, interesting. All right, shit, all right, man. all right, all right. That movie just made me mad. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. Um, Maybe I should give Paris, Texas another shot. I don't know. No, you should. No, I just really did not like it. I mean, it was grueling to even get through it. I was wanting to fucking just hit the goddamn fast forward. I wanted to go wash dishes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a Vim Vendors guy. I didn't. I didn't even like uh, the uh, Angel movie that much. Yeah. I was just kind of bored with it too. Yeah. But I have terrible taste in movies. Um, that's that's my saving grace. That's my my great excuse. What did oh. you think of the? Since we're on here. 
Mm-hmm. What time did we start? Since we're already here. We, well, we started talking at 2, but we didn't start recording until 2.30. Okay. So we've but been was, on here for two and a half hours. There's a movie that I watched recently, and I was wondering if you thought that it was any good, called uh, The New World. The New or World. New World. Oh, that Korean film? Yeah, what'd you think of that movie? I loved it. That's why I told you to watch it. <laughs> you know what? I um, I, I I've been on a, a bit of a Korean kick lately, and I was I was talking to old uh, Chris uh, Davies Rowboat, um, kind of like you know we we collect all these movies and we get into all these movies, but at least for himself and I, we don't really rewatch some of them as much as we would like to. You know, we Is don't that, that you want to rewatch. Um, well, I've already seen that about three times, but oh, okay. there, there's another Korean film called The Yellow Sea that, you know, I've only seen a couple times, but I think about it, like, a lot. Like, Is that I one of those piss flicks? <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, Nothing like you, pissing on a Korean. Did you ever see The Chaser? Was that with Tom Berenger? <laughs> <laughs> no. That was Chasers. Okay. Uh, Tom Berenger and Erica Elaniac. Yeah. Uh, no, I have okay. not seen. That. Well, these are a couple movies that you should check out because okay. uh, they are directed by a, a, a relative newcomer named Na Hong Jin. What's the What's the uh, Yellow Piss movie? The Yellow Sea. Yellow these sea. are both actually on Netflix Instant. Uh, the Yellow Sea and a movie called Chaser. Chaser. But I would recommend seeing Chaser first. Um, because it's a it's a quicker movie. It's uh, more of a like a zippy, not a zippy, but like a uh, like a violent uh, serial killer type film. Does it have William Devane in it? Uh, the Korean version of it. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I actually do want to watch a good movie with William Devane or William. Yeah, William. I, uh, I for some reason I was thinking Willem. Like Willem <laughs> Um, it would be nice to wash the taste out of my mouth of that fucking movie. Uh, but you know, like I said, I think that I, I'm getting Alzheimer's and I forgot that he made just about, he was just in a lot of shit because he was <laughs> owed taxes or something. Yeah. Or he was just a, what, like, oh, I don't fucking work in anything with my big buck teeth. <laughs> and Klaus Kinsey's like, I'll work in anything. I, I wonder how much they paid those guys. I work in anything! Huh? I would like to see. That's why I was looking. I wanted to see how much money, what the budget was for the Philadelphia Experiment, because I know that I'm not going to find the budget for that other turd. Yeah. Uh, because nobody would give a shit. It's a TV movie, uh, if it made money or not. But I'm curious as to see how much, how much loot they put behind Paray. Hmm. I don't know. Probably too much. That might be another big reason for it. Yeah. It might have bombed very, very bad. Well, I'm sure it bombed. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of people have seen that. It was one of those ones that people probably saw in the theater, and I just somehow missed it. Mm. Yeah, and I was kind of hopeful. It was a name that sounded familiar, so I was like, oh, it's one of those 80s yeah. films. Maybe it's actually that good, but it wasn't. They don't even have anything in Wikipedia or... Um, they took Allison's 1976 Ford Gran Torino. Well, let's see here. I'm on Box Office Mojo. Um, filled yes. up the experiment. It grossed $8 million. Um, and the uh, uh, production budget is NA. So, Not applicable. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Somebody's trying to cover up. So that, it was a tax shelter. Yeah. 
It is ranked 39th in time travel films. There you, how about that? That you yeah. know, actually, I mean, that's ranked pretty fucking high. Are, are there 40 of time travel films? Well, look at this. There you are got, 52. Uh, Back to the Future and 12 Monkeys, and what else is a good time travel? It's movie? it did a little bit better than Millennium and Beastmaster 2. Now get this. Um, I saw Millennium with Chris Christopherson and oh, Sean yeah. Ladd, and I forgot and put the VHS under the seat. I, I, I was going to take the VHS back to the movie store, and I stopped at the grocery store or something. Well, I didn't want to leave it sitting out on the seat. Somebody would steal it out of my car, so I put it under the seat, and mm-hmm. I forgot about it. And like two weeks later, the guy from the video store called me and said, Hey, are you going to bring that movie back? This is a, a, rental, a rental, not a... Of, uh, I didn't sell it to you or something. You're gonna bring it, and he was acting like a real jerk. And I was kind of friends with the guy. And after that, I never rented anything off of him again. And the movie wasn't that good. Mm. Well, get this. Um, was, I don't know if it's better than Philadelphia Experience. Out of 52 time travel films, as characterized by Box Office Mojo, guess what last place is? Time Stalkers. The Philadelphia Experiment Two. Ooh, the two. Two. Michael Pere wasn't in that. I don't think though. I bet. No, no, it was, um... They couldn't even get him. But, okay, Herdeg is pulled into the portal and finds himself in the terrifying 1993 that resulted from a Nazi victory in World War II. See, that would have been cool if it had, like, an alternate thing going on. Shit. The one, uh, what was the fucking, there was a movie with Rutger Hauer where, um, it was a what, I have the book. It's a what if, what if, uh, the Nazis won World War II. Oh, nice. And then he's a, uh, basically. Oh, um, shit. Fatherland. Yeah. Well, there's a whole series of books by, um, I, I can't remember his first name, but something Turtle Dove, um, this author, and he just does, um, alternate history stuff, and it's actually really entertaining. Um, let me, let me look them up. And he does it for, like, everything. He does it for, you know, if, um, the South had won, and how that would play out in, you know, World War One era, you know, uh, stuff. You know what I mean? With yeah. uh, the South aligning themselves with the, the Germans and the Austrians. And what stuff like if that. Klaus Kinsey had killed William Devane? Ooh, I would have loved it. Uh, Harry Turtledove, I believe. Two yeah. Turtledoves! He's a famed author in the genre of alternate history. That might be looking into, because I've only read a couple of his books, but they were uh, very entertaining. Jaw. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the show. It's a show. Yeah. I mean... Somebody had to fucking do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And... You know, people get to listen to this and they get to uh, chirp about how much I suck and how how bad of an abomination this episode was. Silver and gold just keeps chugging along. But hold up, we're dealing with a 1.25 and a 2. Let me get on my calculator. You know, we used to be the young Turks of the podcasting game. mm -hmm. We kind of we kind of uh, rode some coattails and. we were there at the beginning uh, when, well, we the, the when things were really great in mm-hmm. podcasting, uh, and there were only a few really great <laughs> podcasts, and now it's like everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. There's so many people doing it, and it's like, you know, well, fuck, everybody's doing it, and and um, but it just isn't the same. No, but you know, 
<sighs> Those Maybe were the... one of these days we'll get the band back together. I, don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. Well, let's see here. You you gave uh, Philadelphia Experiment a three, right? Yes. Uh, the the average score for this episode was a two point three one two five. This was a uh, two and three eighths kind of show. Well, you know what? The worst thing is this is one of those. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I second guess myself because you know, just it's just like for me the podcasting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with loaf is you know we could review two fucking turds. The worst part about it is having to watch the movies if you're turds. Mm-hmm. But getting on the actual show, whether it's you, whether it's him, mm-hmm. uh, is just us getting to bullshit, have yeah. a laugh, That's have a point. good time. Yeah. We can have a good time. We we could have said we're not going to fucking watch any movies and just get on here and talk about stuff that we've been doing and record it, and it's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's just a shame that we had to waste time watching this fucking thing. <sighs> eh. That's all right, though. That's you all right. go out, you're going to get a 10 every once in a while, and, uh, uh, and then sometimes you're going to get a fucking, you know, a chick that, you know, mm-hmm. the best part about her is she's drunk and has a hole. Well, that's that's the that's the upside of women. Or they a have guy, holes. if you are, you know. Jake, can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. You ever suck a man's cock? You ever smoke another man's pole? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what? What are you trying to say, Paul Servino? What are you Captain, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're joking, you're joking. What, what are you saying, Captain? Um, gosh, Ooh, Ali Garn. So, what, so what's on... Uh, so, so what's what, what's on the docket now? Uh, how how do do we know how long this um, mustache expo is in Tel Aviv? Not yet. Okay. But is it, 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 on silver and gold. Okay. We are going to review. <laughs> Officer and a gentleman. All right. And Footloose. What's the connection between those two? Is there a connection? They're both. Yes, there is a connection. Yeah. What it's, is it? Uh, What's it? Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, there you go. I'm sure if we look into it, uh, you know what I wanted to review, mm-hmm. but I can't find it. Is I wanted to do uh, uh, looking uh, for Mr. Goodbar with mm-hmm. Diane Keaton and Richard Gere and Tom Berenger in that because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in so long. And uh, then do like Officer and Gentleman two also not two, <laughs> but um, we're going to tentatively say that we're going to review Officer and a Gentleman and Footloose next week. Nice. And well, I'll, uh, I'll think about the link. Uh, yeah, and, it'll it'll come to you. It'll come yeah. to you. Yeah. I mean, shit, we did Drop Zone and Red Dawn too. We're gonna we're gonna say the tenuous link is. That those two movies are better than Philadelphia Experiment and Time Stalkers. Boom! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> while while Loaf is in his mustache walkabout, <laughs> yeah. he's on a vision quest. Yes. Yes. The mustache vision quest. Uh, and Linda Fiorentino is staying at his house, and she wears white under men's undershirts. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say wife beaters, but that's slut, that is kind of slut shaming. <laughs> And that happens on the other podcast. <laughs> Loaf kind of has a wrestler's body. I Who would does? Say. Loaf. He does. He has a wrestler's physique. And on he that, be a mulky. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit, dude. We should probably stop this.
Wrap it up? Yeah. So I'm get a taco. I'm feeling a little bit better. Right? Maybe yeah. not. I, I think know. we're going to go uh, get some pizza tonight. We've got a Groupon. A Groupon. Yeah. What kind of pizza? What are you What are you going to get on your pizza? Are you a person that likes a lot of different things, or are you just like a basic pepperoni and cheese? I love pepperoni, but since I'm with the Erie, that's probably not what we will get. We will probably get something along the lines of pepperoni, rice with, and fish on your so, pizza, <laughs> with some quail eggs and some quail eggs. Uh, and some kimchi and some butt fuzz. And, yeah, butt fuzz. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm telling you, you gotta uh, let her shave that, shave that off. You know. Oh well, well yeah. Because you know, if you're back, if you bend over and you say, "Hey, I want you to shave my the crack of my arse," and you're bent over in like the bathroom and she's shaving back there. Once she gets it all shaved off with a, you put shaving cream in there. She shaves it all off and everything, and you're standing there and you just kind of give her a wink. You know, it's just. <laughs> She's gonna go to town once it's nice and smooth. <laughs> Don't you think? I, I I do think I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She better not listen to this episode. She's used to that. I mean, she for is. her, a butthole is like fucking a doorknob. A butthole is like a knuckle or a yeah. an elbow, just another part of a human being's body. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing different. Just poop comes out of there. It sure does. It's, it's about ready to come out right now. Yeah. So that said, uh, my name is no longer Jake McLarge Huge because podcast without honor community is. Are you changing your name to yeah. Chest McLarge? I'm just I'm just gonna go with Jake, man. That that uh-huh. that's gonna that's boring. Well, I don't want to sound because here's the thing, and you know, someone mentioned it to me, and it kind of makes sense. I don't want to because I do not have the personality of a Jake McLarge Huge. <laughs> you so much do. No, I don't. Uh, I have a personality of a guy whose name is Jacob, and most people call him Jake. So that's what I'm going to do. And you can suck my balls if you disagree. (laughs) So, with that said, the artist formerly known as Jake McFarchuge is Hoot. And this is Zom, and I'm going to say... To all you people out there, why the fuck did I type in Jake McLarge Huge and I've been on a Google image search a, a fucking picture of Justin Overholtz or something? What's up with that? I, I'm, I'm not shitting you one bit. I'm going to post it on your fucking page. I don't know, man. Zom. Oot.